you listen to Garage Hammer, episode 69. On tonight's episode, the Fat Manling and the Smart Manling compare their lists on their favorite war machines and chariots. And then they have on Alex Nikitenko, so that someone intelligent who knows a little bit about Warhammer can finally be on the show again. <laughs> now shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage U Tools. We're going to make several promises for the next three hours or thereabouts. We're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh at you along the way. Bringing you the best of impactful chariots, red and war machines, and a little Adepticon priming, I'm Chris Yu. And I'm Abraham Lincoln. Hey, Gettysburg. Well, Mr. President, I'm John Wilkes Booth. Uh-oh. Ah, you're trying to get in my head again. What, aren't we acting right now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you heard the gunshot, so you have to come up with another voice. Oh, uh, <laughs> I can bring this one up again. Oh, no. Everybody seems to like it. <laughs> That's Skyla. <laughs> He's only gonna. It, it, I'll only be. Well, I've only been Abraham Lincoln for nineteen episodes. Oh, you've been keeping count. Well, I was Skip Stevenson up till episode fifty. I promised Christopher I would switch at episode fifty. Ah, I see. So I'm Abraham Lincoln now. At well, episode, you you were. Yeah. You just took a bullet to the back, so. Why would you try to do that? I, I didn't. That was my my stage he persona. Knew he'd be the president. That was my stage persona, oh. Skyla. <laughs> it's two different things, isn't it? Yes, it is. All right. Um, so how you been? Good. How about yourself? Hanging in there, surviving. Good. 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 So, um, you know what? I think we need to take a moment to thank our sponsors. As always, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Game Preserve stores in lovely West Lafayette, Indiana. Cool Minier Knots, Dark Age. Mierce Miniatures. Guildpainting.com. And Battle Foam, protecting your... Army. Alright. Army. 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 I'm Davy Jones, y'all. Arr. Tell me, Jack Spatter, do you fear death? There's my... There's my uh, Davy Jones for you. Very nice. Uh, do well, you're you're like all over the place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do I'm, doing, oh, yeah I'm a man of many talents. Yes. Not many of them useful. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but many nonetheless. Yes, many nonetheless. Okay, so um, a couple weeks back, we were at the Battle Bunker in beautiful Downers Grove, Illinois. Mm. And um, Ed Carpenter. Ed Carpenter. I was down there. You know, funny thing. Uh, I, I think I met Ed for the first time at uh, the Battle Bunker when I was there for Core Comp. Core Comp, and he came up and introduced himself and 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 uh, and and bought a shout out. And then the next time I saw him was at Adepticon, and he bought another shout out. Said, "I just want to say hi. Still right. liking the show." And then I was at the Battle Bunker for the uh, the for the primer. No, the uh, Civil Challenge. War. Okay, Team yeah. It's so like every time I go down to the Battle Bunker, he's there. Now, I didn't, you know, I, I don't really, I mean, I, I don't know. I only know Ed from the few times I've met him, and he always just comes in, says hi, and then, like, leaves. Like, sure. you know, um, he's a really great guy. Like, I actually got to spend yeah, time. Guy. I got to spend time with him. But, you know, what's weird is it's like, it's one of those things where I see people coming up to him, and lots of people know who he is, and lots of people are talking with him. And then I go out to the parking lot, and he's, like, doing, like, bits trading on <laughs> the trunk with some right, guy. Right. But then he's talking about all these people. He's, like, helping people paint their models. Like, he's, like, not just into the hobby, but it's, like, everybody knows him, and he is, like, 
like I, I just I didn't realize like how much like the Battle Bunker should really like when he walks in those guys who work there should really be thanking him. They should treat him like Norm from Cheers. Seriously, huh? because he seems to always be there. Everybody there knows who he is. He's giving everybody advice. He's helping people. He's doing. He's like just an all around, not just a hobby enthusiast and like a nice guy and a fan of the show, but it's like just a genuinely nice guy who really seems to promote. Like the hobby, even within the community, yeah, the that, community. That exists. he's a pillar of the community. Yeah, he yeah. really is. He's a really great guy. Now he did, um, he did buy a shout out when we were at the the primer a couple okay. weeks ago, and he was going to call the voicemail at one seven five seven G H show six. That's one seven five seven G H show six. Did you know we have voicemail? I Chris? didn't. I didn't. It's amazing. It's, we have the voicemail. This is the first time I've heard of this voicemail. It's amazing. Um, but he was. But he a, hasn't called in yet. No, he hasn't called in yet. So Ed, call in. We're waiting. We're waiting by the phone well, with bated breath, Ed. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, because he always does the same thing. He's like, just give a shout out to yourselves. You're doing a great job. And I'm like, well, that's sort of self-serving. <laughs> Yay, Dave. Weird. I love me. <laughs> um, you know, Chris, you rules. Yay. But uh, so, Ed, please call in and uh, and and give a proper shout out for, yes. for what you did. But that's your just, money's worth. I just I just wanted to say, you know, because knowing Ed as, as well, like I said, I don't know him all that well. But from what I gather, he may never call in. Now that we've done this, you might be like, that was good enough. But you he know? does listen. So, he, I know he uh, listens. So Ed, You have airtime coming to you. Yeah, so. you do. So, But, uh, you know, he's just, I mean, he's 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 quite a gentleman. And yeah. uh, and I got to, we both got to play a game we against did. him. A tough, tough game, for me at least. <laughs> it was, and a fun game, too. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was just really great. It was like all these short little just getting to meet this guy who I didn't really know. And then yeah. I got to spend several hours with him a couple weeks ago. And it was just, it was really nice. So Cool. Just shout out to Ed there. Hmm. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, we don't have. Any, I don't think we have any other shout outs. So, um, but we are going to be working on shout out music. I think we are in the near future, <laughs> huh? Oh yeah, we're going to try. It's, it's going to be a, it, this. This harkens back to the episodes in the twenties when people would pay us to to sing poorly. Um, so, yeah. well, I'm, well, okay, I'll be singing poorly. You well, might have. We're not. We're not going to be singing though. Oh, oh, we're that's, gonna be throwing down, yo! Rapping. <laughs> that's me, medium pimping. Uh, <laughs> medium pimping. I, I'm not exactly big pimping. Let's be honest here. Oh, I see. So, I'm not really hip with the lingo. <laughs> oh, big pimping, you know. Gotcha. So, um, oh, I I do have to throw out one, or a couple of quick things before we go. Um, we do have a voicemail. We do. Uh, yeah. Uh, From Johnny? Of course. Oh, yeah. He did. So he called in. <laughs> the same night I tweeted that. Nice. Like, I think he went out and got drunk on purpose. So uh, I will. It, it's, it, it is It is strategically edited. Okay. <laughs> to be show. Uh, expect to, nothing else. But uh, here we go. All right. Well, I've drunk to drown in every ocean I've been. Lake Tanganyika. Where the crocodiles swim. Dave, you should definitely hang out more and get drunk more. When the young lad Harrison gets a little bit older, we'll take him out, man. We'll be honest, tell him how the world is. He'll be cool with it. We'll have a good time. We'll play some Warhammer. I'm lit, buddy. This mic stinks. 
I love getting voicemail from Johnny. I really do. Good stuff. I jokingly said that he was leaving all these trying to, he, you know, I, he took it the wrong way and thought maybe I didn't want any more drunk dials, but they, they do cheer, they cheer me up to no end. Well, it's, I hope he set like a reminder on his phone, like he mentioned yeah. on, on Point Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> to finally uh, bring that around, uh, but uh, how does he do that? He must have like uh, you know he, he needs a, a a watch that has that, that is actually attached to his wrist and checks his blood alcohol content. So once it, knows. it reaches once it reaches a certain level, it just rings. Drunk beep, enough, beep, beep. call Dave, call Dave, <laughs> activate. But um, that and speaking of uh, Johnny and uh, foul language, uh, apparently I let a I let. I missed an edit. I saw episode. your tweet, but I didn't. I didn't hear it, hear and I didn't. It. Go I, back I was to listening to it. for it. It was uh, Chris Tomlin from the Black Sun. Good guys, by yep. the way. He said that I said the S word and apparently missed to edit. I think I said my uh, my display board looked like S. Hmm. Uh, and, and you went back and listened to it, and you could no, find I, it. No, I didn't actually. I, I certainly I didn't hear it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. Well, I mean, one, uh, while I was editing, I didn't hear it, and I listened to every second of the show, like for that reason. And no one else said I did it, so I don't know if I did that or maybe I said it in a different way. So but you're gonna have to put a dollar in the penalty jar. If I well, if I missed, I apologize, folks, because we do we do say the mild words, you know, the dams and the hells, which some people think are bad, and, and the, just the butt cheeks. Yeah, <laughs> love me some butt cheeks, but uh, that ass, yeah. But <laughs> Keep it together. Keep it together. But if I did let the 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 defecation word by, I apologize for for missing that one. You know, because uh, everyone loves the the sound of my cuckoo clock. So <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> so uh, that's that. So you know what? Let's let's take our uh, quick commercial break and come back with the complete lack of uh, news and rumors. Sounds good. Hammer, this is Cy Harris from the UK. Uh, well, actually, I'm from Ireland, but I live in the UK. Anyway, I thought uh, you could use your Google Translate with the Irish accent and uh, see what happens. Um, I'm going over to Adepticon and uh, looking forward to meeting you guys and, uh, well, whoever the hell else is over there. And, uh, David, I'm getting ready to uh, bash your X-Men first class review. So, uh, get ready for it. Okay? Are we ready for that? Over and out. Looking forward to playing some games and whatnot. Drinking loads of beer. See you then. Right, bye. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore. Your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we're back. Welcome back to the garage, you tools. So, uh, news, okay, lack of news and rumors. The news and rumors and our previous voicemails are brought to you by Lizardman Jeff and the Circle, Circle City, City Circuit. Circuit. 
I've been a bad host. I've been so busy. I've got grades due this week. I was supposed to talk to Romeo from Battle Foam. Mm-hmm. supposed to talk to Donovan from Guild Painting. Jeff is supposed to come on. I'm going to try to over, over break. I'm just going to try to schedule people like while I'm home. Bad host. Whenever they can do it. Ow. Bad host. Ow. Ooh, that's kind of interesting. That was on your wrist. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I know where it was. I'm right here. I felt <laughs> it. was it. on your wrist. That's not my wrist. That was your wrist. <laughs> oh, yeah, you think so. <laughs> It was on your <laughs> it was on your wrist. <laughs> I know a wrist when I see it and that's what it was. You keep that's my story, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so uh anyway, so you were being a bad host. Yes, so I've got to get all those guys on. I'm gonna try to get them all on maybe like next episode, just get a bunch done so that we can just drop drop all those in. Okay. Uh but having said that, let's, ooh, I mean rumors. What the Well, GW related or uh, anything related at this point. Uh, I did I mean, see John Gazek did release the, the rules for um, Invasion Kenosha. Yes, for he did. Upcoming year. Yes, I saw the 40K PDF come uh-huh. up and the and the Warhammer one. And he's doing like, uh, I mean, it's 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 been this one day sort of fun day tournament. Right. But now he's opening up Sunday? Like if, for Sunday a second? Sunday is like a bonus day. Yeah. yeah. So if people want to come out and don't want to drive all the way out just for one night, you can go and do a weekend thing if he gets enough people signed up for the second day. Which I'm sure he will. I, I, that event has really picked up a lot of steam. You know, it's it, it, it's funny because John just really wants to have a great day. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we both know John. He's a really good yeah. guy, and he's been a part of the Warhammer community forever. As long as I can remember. Yeah. In fact, like I said, I think it was it was either Independent Characters or 11th Company I was listening to, and they were doing an interview with someone who actually credited John with coming up with secondary mission objectives in the 40K tournaments. Like They're like, it was John who did that first, and wow. we all started copying it. I was like, damn! Interesting. Exactly. Um, but, you know, we, like, you know, Bits gets a little bigger every year. Wapaka gets bigger every year. Adepticon gets bigger every year. John's like, I got 24 spots. I'm I'm pleased. He I may you know he may raise another six just to add one more table to yeah. each of his, but he's got his little pods with the mm-hmm. with the scenarios and you move through the but, pod. But he is getting bigger, just in a different way. He's adding a day. Yeah, he's adding a day, but he's still keeping it that one day term. You want to come? We can do something on this day. It's really cool because he's not he's not letting it grow past what he really wants it to be, which is a fun one day mm-hmm. tournament. Um, you know, with with it's just a, it's a very certain size. It's 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 at the it's at the, a nice place. Mm-hmm. It's very comfortable. It's not he's not trying to squeeze in extra tables. Right. Yeah, there's a great food. You remember the food he had oh, there? Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. <laughs> nice spread. I think I totally ate more than the admission cost. <laughs> oh, I know. I certainly did. <laughs> yeah. But um, but he, you know, he, do you remember what the fantasy point level was last year? I thought it was two K. Was it two K? Wasn't it? I thought I could have sworn it was like eighteen hundred or sixteen hundred. Might have been. I think the first year I did it, it was sixteen hundred because I remember just trying okay. to squeeze in what I could at that level. Right, but it is definitely two K this time around. It is so. okay. It is two K this time around. Maybe that's what I read. Maybe it was less, and I just didn't remember. Uh, I but could be recalling, uh, you know, mistakenly. Maybe it was. Maybe it was eighteen hundred. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. The point is, it's a nice, small, easy, one day tournament yep. that is one of the more fun tournaments I've been to. Uh, Harrison comes with me every year. You know, it's just it's 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 a good time. Yeah, it is a good time. So, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. Yeah, so I'm glad that he put that stuff out. Um, I did see on Twitter some pictures, uh, some Tau Empire uh, models. That it looks like they're resculpts. It does because it's not. You're not seeing any of the tweets saying, "Oh, look, this is a new 
Resculpts so there there are new they're, models. Yes, they're new. Mo- it seems to be. It's not just okay. new packaging. It seems like they have, but it's not like a new. It's not like the Gore Beast Chariot right. or the Flamer uh, Chariot. It's not a new model. It's an existing model in the range that they have that, that with a new sculpt for it. Like they've. Huh. So, it, but it is technically a new model then. Well, yeah, but okay. uh, what, you know, I guess I'm drawing the distinction between. Uh, the, it's not a new entry in the book. I see. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. It's like when they re-released Skaven, a uh, Clan Rats. It's you not know? new. Okay, new not, sc- not new sculpt. New sculpt, existing model. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, you know. All right. That's what, at least I think so. I mean, I don't know that much about the Tau Empire. I don't. I don't play Robotech Space Communists. But <laughs> well, see, that's we were talking about this off the air. You were saying you don't like them because they resemble Robotech. I like Robotech. It just it does. Something about it just doesn't seem to blend. This is what it is. I love Robotech 2, anime and all that stuff. Uh Uh-huh. To me, the GW Tau look like a grade schooler's attempt at trying to draw Robotech. Well, they can't do it exactly like Robotech. They don't have to do it, but there's a whole world of anime mechs out there that all look different. Right. Bubblegum Crisis and and Uh Macross and all these different lines. It's it's all, you know, Gundam. They all look different but distinct. Right, there's no reason why GW couldn't couldn't do that too, but they look is very. It, is it that they look juvenile. kind of generic? Uh, they just look out of proportion and, and almost you know like a, like a kid would draw them, Possibly. really boxy and, right. and you know small legs and huge guns. And, uh, it just does, doesn't look quite right. I just and like I said, that for, it's not even for me. It's just once again I'm like looking at it with of, of all the different races, the you know the the weird. It was like it just it, and I don't know the history of it, but if I were to look at it and guess, I would be like. There was somebody. Hey, look! These big Japanese robots are getting popular. <laughs> Let's put some in our universe. Yeah. And that's well, kind of what it looks that's like. That's they what did. they do. That's yeah. What, when um, you know, the Terminator movies came out. That's when you had all the Necrons. Yeah. And out. and the Tyranids. I would still have that alien yep. sort of look to them, but uh, I don't know. I just it, the, their whole the fluff just doesn't interest me. You know, I just I'm like whatever. But some of their models are really cool, like the the. I don't know what they are. The devilfish, the what, those big cover tanks. Oh yeah, those look really cool. Yeah, but then some of the the battle suits and stuff like that. Well, and yeah. I'm hoping they're going to really because from what I said from the people who I know who like that stuff are like, oh, yeah. they've really improved them. And I, mm. I couldn't. See, I was on my phone. I couldn't see the pictures really clearly. Right. But uh, I'm just. I'm wondering if this is, you know, I mean, I've seen nothing about a book, so I don't. I mean, if they put out uh, another book in April. Book. They put out a towel book in April. That'll be insane. It looks like the models are coming out in April, but I've seen nothing about a book. That would they, they've been really good about keeping a lid on things. Yeah, so I knows? mean it would be. It, and, and at that pace, I'm not yeah. complaining. We, we you could know. have ninth edition next week. <laughs> <laughs> Big surprise. So, but yeah, that's. I mean, looks like they're getting new models, but I don't know anything about anything else other than that. Hmm. Um, that's about it. That's it for news and rumors. So, yeah, I think so. I mean, we've we've had a big, you know, major deluge of stuff with you know, all these books and stuff. So. Right. I mean, we're still getting caught up. I still haven't finished. I mean, I haven't finished going through the Demons of Chaos book and really comparing it to the. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not going to be able to do the review till after Adepticon, so I've sure. got another month and a half, two months. But I haven't even really been able to sit down. Hell, I'm still trying to go through and pick out Not all the stuff the Warriors. from the Warriors book. Yeah, yeah. Same here. So, but that'll be good. It give, give us time to play against. Both armies, maybe play with army those armies. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm, I mean, I'm, I am really excited for it, and uh, it's one of those things where, like I said, I'm not, I'm not looking. I'm not. Part of it is I've got my once again my one month before I really buy anything. Rule. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good rule to have. And uh, so I'm waiting to see if the if the you know that 
that wow, I just saw new sh- if, if the new <laughs> shiny wears out. Right. But I'm also like I said, I've still got nine vargeists and I've still got my other terror guys wow. to build and paint. So it's like I'm just kind of plugging away at my VC. I'm actually getting very close to done with that's them, a good feeling, which is insane because I've got like almost. I mean, we're looking at. I've painted about 400 models for this army, and it's that's like great. I'm really. I'm like, I'm down to. I've got 50, uh, 50 Graveguard, and then some of the bigger stuff to paint, and mm-hmm. I'll and finish be completely done. Yeah, finish that Black Coach conversion, and and be done with it. So yeah, just, I know you're working on a display board for Adepticon too. <laughs> well, that's 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 on the bottom of the list, but if okay. I. I that, that would be, I think, the crowning, like the crown jewel. Have everything displayed on the display board. Exactly. I mean, right now, if I can finish these, for Adepticon, I've got 36 more Graveguard to paint, and then the movement trays to finish building and, and prepping. And then I'll just sit down and start messing around with the uh, display board. Um, I don't, I, my original plan is sort of in the garbage, because I just have not figured out, I'm not, I'm, I've, I bought those things to make the, the, oh, the, the, the plaster molds, the yeah, hearse molds. Yeah. I don't know that I'm going to have time to get to all of that okay. before break, but I've still got these couple of boxes of these um, gardens of more. Okay, so I'll use that and put that together and see what I can do with that. Yeah, but good, I'm excited because it's like I've got about a month left, and I've got a it's handful. Of, I've time. got a handful of models to do. Only right, are you getting nervous? Adepticon right around the corner. I'm excited about it, ah, and I, I finally found a list that I like. Mm. Like it's it may not be the best list. I know people have looked at it and been like, "What?" But I actually am, I'm 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 doing pretty good doing with okay it. with it. Good. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm at about fifty fifty with my win losses, which okay. for me is good. That's definitely a good thing. Well, we'll talk about yeah. li- that list in more detail when we talk about the Adepticon sure. primer. But, yeah, uh, and like I said, it, it's 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 working. It it kind of fits my style. I've been playing the list that I know is supposed to be really good, and I'm mm-hmm. not. I don't quite have it figured out yet. Okay. And this one's working, so I'm all excited. Very nice. Uh, I suppose we should get onto the toolbox then, because it's really we've only been talking sure. for twelve minutes. No need for another break. Okay. So uh, the, the toolbox, toolbox brought to you by. <laughs> so, uh, you want to start off with reading? I suppose. Have you been doing any? I have. I've really dug into that uh, the third installment of that Horus Heresy book. Yes. And it's uh, it's really picked up. The second <laughs> half of that book really oh, picks yeah. the pace up. It's like wow. <laughs> There's a lot going on here, uh-huh. and I can already see them. Um, is the fourth book that Eisenstein book? The Flight of the Eisenstein, yeah. Okay, so I can already see them tying into that already. Well, and that's that's where it goes. It goes back to the the scenes you've already read. It kind of yeah. starts just before there, and then you've got that scene, mm-hmm. and then when that you know that. <laughs> See, we're, we're we're talking in code where right. you and I, I don't want to ruin it, right? Right. Well, I mean, you know, the guy's going down, and he sends a signal to the Eisenstein, right, and yeah. the Eisenstein's gone. Yeah. Well. Th- so the book just follows them, You're right? Yeah. And, oh, is it good? Seriously, that I mean, Flight of the Eisenstein might be. I'm on book sixteen right now. Flight of the Eisenstein might be my favorite one. Is it that good? I oh, really man. loved it, but because it was the first time, it kind of pulled back from the Primarchs and their, you know, from Horus and the big Primarchs and all of their second in commands to a soldier to the grunts. Yeah, yeah. And you know, as I've said before, the the Space Marines to the Primarchs are like we would be to a Space Marine. How sure. shocked they're still win. When you see what happens to Horus and you get a, a regular space marine who's good, who sees it happening, mm-hmm. how how much it affects them. It's like heartbreaking. It oh, really yeah. is. Yeah. There's a lot more emotion, I think, in that book than in a lot of the others because a lot of the times you get, 
you know, it's just like they're kind of glosses over well, and, everything, you know, because they're sort of these weird asexual, like they're not interested yeah, in, yeah. Pe- you know, they're just they're just killing what, machines. What do we fight? They're like term, you yeah. know, I mean, it's like the Terminator. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's just all about going out there and mm-hmm. fighting, and killing. And when you can get something that's got some genuine, deep, pure emotion going mm-hmm. in it, it's really it's it just it worked. I loved it. So so I you know I so we'll see now that, now that you guys have are doing the, the after all in our podcast. Uh-huh. I might have to start reading all the books, you know, to keep pace. Yeah, as the shows come out. So. Well, and you've read Horus Rising, so you could even yeah. you could even you know join in on that episode. Uh, maybe I don't I don't fancy myself an expert on it. I'm just kind of a, don't have to be. It's it's just nice to get someone's opinion. That's the whole point of the book club is just to do it and talk okay. about the books. You know. All right, maybe I'll take you. Up I'm on actually going to reread it. I've got two more stories left in Age of Darkness, and I'm going to reread it. Hmm. So has that has that been? Uh, that's that's been it for my reading. How about yourself? Uh, I'm on Age of Darkness. Uh, I am enjoying it a little better. I'm on which book is that? Sixteen, you said? Yeah, book sixteen. Uh, it's nine short stories. And oh yeah, you mentioned that. Is, is, you didn't like that before. Uh, well, the first two I still thought were weak. You know, short story books are always hit or miss because it's hard to develop the stories Any and traction. the characters. Yeah, is it short stories centered on imperial characters? It's actually, it's actually. Well, the interesting part of it is. You know, there's the there's the years between the drop site massacre at uh, you know in the third book yeah. and when Horus gets to back to Terra. Okay, and these are stories about some of the stuff that the bad guys were doing. So you've got, I mean, so not it, all. So of it's it. all heresy related characters. It's all heresy related characters, and uh, you know, it's just sort of like watching the the minor, the smaller victories of the. The traitors along the way, right. you know, like the the other planets, they're scaring and their plans, and mm. it's it's weird. I don't, I, I just, I don't know how to take it. Like some of the stories I've really enjoyed, I'm reading one called Little Horus right now by Dan Abnett, and of course Dan Abnett can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really cool because it's from Little Horus's point of view. But why is it weird? Um, they're just it's because you don't know who to root for because all the. Well, I mean, the, the, the protagonists the protagonists are the bad guys, so it's always bad guy victories, which, you know, and I know they have some, but sure. you just, you know, I, I am, you know, I'm sort of, you know, for the emperor, so. Right. Well, humans inherently are, right. want to be good. Right. So and it's, and it's weird, and plus, they're, you know, one of the things you might notice as you read is Horace always seems to be two steps ahead of everybody. Yeah. And so here's these little stories about seeing, you know, just seeing some of the machinations and some of the things he's doing behind the scenes, hmm. like setting up the dominoes so at the right time they'll fall. Okay. Um, as I'm reading more of the stories, like, they don't seem to really tie together so much, but at least I've now I understand the theme. Hmm. So it's – it's it, does that make sense? It's like there, there's, yeah. a, there's a theme running through the stories at least, so there's some connection for me, something sure. I'm getting out of it. Um, that I, I, just, I, I do wish some of those stories would center on, like – you know, Eldar or orcs or Tau even, and how how does this affect them? Does it? Maybe it's a separate, unrelated story, just to fill in those races, right? And then, I, I feel there, like they don't get enough press. Well, there are there are other Black Library books. There are series for that. Harrison's reading one, and it's, it's an Eldar one. They're, they're all the El- yeah. It's yeah. a whole Eldar series: the Path of the Warrior, yeah, Path yeah. of the Renegade. Okay. Uh, I know a lot of people have read those and really like them. Hmm. Um, not too many orc centered. In fact, the only one that I know of is in there's a book of short stories that I bought that I never really read. I It's like in the list called Fear the Alien, mm-hmm. which are all short stories from points of view of the alien races. Okay. And then it actually says, and the first ever, you know, orc short story in there. So I should definitely read that one to see I what it's like. I think that'd be fun. 
You know, if I, I mean, you can't really do a Tyranid point of view book. You know, that'd be tough. Right. Mm. So there's just, I mean, most of it's going to be told from the point of view of the uh, Imperial Guard or the sure. Space Marines. But um, actually, there are some books that do involve some of the alien races in the Horus Heresy books. There's some that they're involved, but they're not. They are not central. They, yeah, and I don't think they're going to be just because the Horus Heresy is so space marine yeah, centered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm. But uh, and then after that, like I said, I got to reread Horus Rising so I can get my notes together because I think next week, by the time this comes out, this this that week we'll be recording. Okay. After Ulanor. so well, it's a busy time for the Garage Hammer Network. Yeah, the Garage Hammer Network. No, no. <laughs> we just have another show, and it's fun. I mean, it's you know. Yeah, it's, it works. It's definitely, it's, it garners a lot of interest on the forums. That's yeah, for sure. and it has, you know, it's gotten some good responses so far. We did have to pull it off of iTunes. I saw that. There was a technical glitch. Well, if you went and looked up after Eleanor, you know, like you go to iTunes and you type in a show and then it lists, you click on it and it shows the picture and it lists the episodes. Yeah. There's, no, there's no episodes listed. Now, if you click subscribe, it downloads the first episode, that, you know, the one we had up there, Transmission Zero before Eleanor, yeah. but it doesn't show it. And when I, when oh. I, sent a, a letter in to the help desk they're like yeah maybe you should just have us delete it and resubmit it and then the guy wants me to do screenshots of every page when I'm submitting everything Ugh. and send him the screenshots like before I hit send so that he could just double check that I typed in everything correctly or something like that so I'm like oh, okay times. yeah so but hopefully that'll be up by the time hopefully by the time this airs that problem will be fixed okay so uh, but that's it for my reading uh, uh, what have you been doing hobby wise hobby wise I've been in overdrive mode nice You're prepping for Adepticon the so machine warming up it, 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 the machine is, is redlining so I finished the two wolf chariots I finished my fifth goblin spear chukka so those are done I finished the skin tones on the savage orcs with bows five spear chukkas only, only five don't you need six because you can take them in a pair I right? can take six well, I have one. Oh, and I, I'm I have not my use it. Oh, okay. I have my six. Uh, points wise, my list just there's no uh, points for it. it. You know, it's either that or a potion of strength on my hero. Uh, so uh, I go back and forth. Never anyway. too many chuckas. I know. Of course, what am I saying? That that is the most infuriating list. <laughs> <laughs> Yet fun to play at the same time, huh? Uh, it can be, yeah. Because you, you wallop that list uh, pretty good. If I, recall. I don't know if I'd call it wallop. Well, you definitely you came back. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll I did. talk about that. Yes, game. absolutely. Uh, yeah, finish the skin tones on my orcs. Uh, I tell you, those savages are they're fun to paint, yet they're painful to paint. So many steps, all the little details. Yeah, and there are shortcuts you could take though. Like you do, like eight hundred different colors on your bone layers, and I do about three. And mine don't turn out as beautiful as yours, but I think they're pretty good. Oh, but I know well, you're going you. for But a, you're you're you're. Your painting has definitely improved quite a bit. No, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. And that's thanks to you as well. I've been coming to you for the well, advice uh, and looking at what you're doing. Some things, but the rust thing, you, you came up with. Well, you found that one. So, yeah. And I, I stole that one from you. <laughs> Yay. Hey. Um, so that's about it. If I have time, I'll, I'm going to try to get those goblin wolf riders onto the new Fenrisian wolves, but we'll see. Nice. If there's time. So that's about it for me. How about yourself? Well, I've been plugging away with my hobby diary. You know, every day logging what yeah. I do. And there are days that I log in there that just say no hobby. You know, I'm out sure. with my family. I'm sure. busy. Real life. Um, what, basically, in the last two weeks, I haven't had a ton of time. I, I mean, I had about three days just where it was like I was editing the show, mm. you know. But uh, I did. I added fur to my dire wolves. Oh, yeah. That was a very interesting choice. I, I, like, I'm going to give this a try and see... see 
Did you come up with that idea, or did you see that somewhere? You know, I had seen, not on direwolves, but I had seen someone who had models and had tried to make, it was a model, they tried to make the hair, they didn't like what the hair looked like, so they tried to put on So, for the listener's sake, it's almost like you put static grass on the hairy parts of the, uh, what are they called? The direwolves. Direwolves. It's citadel burnt grass. So it's not the dead grass. The dead grass is that yellowy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this the burnt is like grass. A it's, it's like a grayish black. It looks like it's like like, 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 a, like a fire yeah. had burnt over. It's well, I mean, it's supposedly burnt grass. Well, but yeah, it was but blackish. it looks like fur, especially the way you've now, applied it. I just took uh, my my trusty tub of Elmer's wood glue, watered it mm-hmm. down nice and thin, uh, just painted glue onto the big black mane on the direwolf, yeah. and then put the burnt grass on it, and so it's. It's furry. It sounds stupid, and when you just see one by itself, it looks weird, but it's like McClure said. When you see them in a unit, it works. It adds I, to the effect. I, I don't I, know I why it works. I don't Because when I, I was like, oh, this might have been a really bad mistake. I don't think it is. I think but it works. But everyone looked at it and said, no, oh, this see, is I think cool. it, when you look at it as a model, you kind of double take and say, is that... Is that a real fur? Yeah, and you kind of want to like reach out and like, and that's the touch thing. It. it really makes them. I think it makes them it stand looks out. It, well, then that's the thing. Yeah, it makes them stand out because all of the models are plastic and paint. I mean, that's all they are. I right, mean, pretty but that, much. This I is mean, a real tactile texture yeah, that you're, wait, you're is adding. Is that to fur? It. There's something that's it's hairy. Been, yeah, there's something. It's not <laughs> on a. Pl- you know, you don't see on a plastic model. It's so it. it oh. I liked it. It kind of worked. It, it, stood it does out. work. It does so work. it's it's one step short of applying real hair to like a dwarf beard. Yeah, which I didn't. Yeah, right. I'm not going to do that because <laughs> no. this could look matted and weird and sort of fuzzy right, and right, Afroish. Right. You're not going to braid a dwarf hair, right? <laughs> dwarf yeah, hair. Sitting there with a little grass braiding. David, it. what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> 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 nothing. I'm braiding miniature hair. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm not painting anything else. Just leave me alone. Um, and then I, uh, dude, it took me almost a week. I mean, I was working on it a little bit every night for the last, like, five nights, and I finally got my Graveguard models to, to, a, to a thing that I'm satisfied with. You're talking, you've established the, the style that you want to yes. do a whole unit in. Originally, my plan was to, I, I had pictured them all in black and gold, all the Graveguard, mm-hmm. um, and the, and even the, uh, the, um, what are the ethereal units that you could do? Why am I blanking on them? You could, the uh, banshees? No, not oh, that's the champion. Is the banshee? What's the uh, the wraiths? Oh, okay. I have the mantic ones, and the mantic wraiths mm-hmm. have like the ethereal, uh, like leg, you know, like the ghostly legs, but they're wearing armor, mm-hmm. and it's very similar to the graveguard armor. So I was picturing the wraiths were dead graveguard who've come back. Okay. So I had them all in black armor with gold trim, and so what I wanted to do was I said, you know what? I want I I like the rust technique that I've been using, mm-hmm. so I wanted to have most of the paint chipped off and have it be all rusty with little bits of black paint still on it or something like that or okay. maybe green if you know if I was going to go with green armor, you know for that, um, and I painted up the black armor and then went to rust that out and the rust stood out so much Too against much. the black it looked funny, hmm. so toss that one aside try another one and originally because the in in the seventh edition the graveguard weapons were magical. Weapons, not so with the current book. No, they still have killing blow, but they were magical with killing blow. So I wanted to do that sort of, you know, like that, uh, like the power weapons that you see on 40k yeah. swords. How it's, yeah. it's reflecting the sheen to it. Yeah, they got yeah. that reflecting the light. It's like light on the top half of one and the bottom half of right, the other. Right. And if 
I still I'm going to find some army with swords that have normal straight swords that are you know have the, mm-hmm. that dividing line down the middle mm-hmm. and do that because I love how it looks. That'd be like your empire great swords or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But these they have those curved like the scimitars and it's got such a thin edge to it that it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sat and painted. Man, I you know my my blending technique is getting better. Well, the, the the one sample that you did with that technique looks really good. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I think it so looks you, great. So you've arrived, I think, in that department. And and I was actually going to originally do that, and I would probably still, if I had a nice straight edge like that on a straight sword, I would just do it with an airbrush because mm. then the fade you can do really easy with that. Uh, nice, it would, nice and smooth yeah. gradation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I actually did it by hand. It took like an over an hour to paint that blade. You know, I'm but sure it, all it, the different uh, paints. It came now, out really nice. I think that is a situation where, um, and you always laugh when I say this, the, the, the drawing retarder will help you immensely. <laughs> retarder. Drawing handicapper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to get some of that, actually. Yeah, because you can have all your different uh, tints and not have them dry out and well, apply them. At what I do with that, if I, when I because I don't have drying retarder, but I saw a guy using it at uh, Games Day. Mm-hmm. I, I take, a, I have a little uh, plastic, uh, like a plastic Tupperware thing, a really uh, shallow one. And I put water in it, and I have a sponge, and I put the sponge oh, in the water. Yeah, and then I put the uh, uh, parchment paper yeah. the oh, on that, and that it keeps it. It keeps it. It does moist. the same. Keeps it from drying okay. too. Um, but I just it didn't. It didn't work. Like it looked great, um, but then well, th- I mean, you, I think you have to experiment. So that week that you spent experimenting with the, the different models uh-huh. was time well spent. Yeah, because eventually, and actually, you sent me some pictures because I was having trouble. I was getting frustrated, mm. and you sent me some pictures of some graveguard from a uh, cool mini. Yeah, and the one guy had that one that was really nice, and it was. I mean, he. I think he must have used weathering powder because his model wasn't just rusty. There was, like, big chunks of, like, it looked like big flecks of rust, like, just right. chunking off of it and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I think that's what I'm going to try because I know how to do rust. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that. I painted them up. So all the armor's rusting. The sword is completely sword rusting. Is rusting. It looks great. They're I, sitting here in front of us, and they, they look really thank good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Pure rust, and then I just went with the green, and I, and I took your advice. I just kept coming back to it and looking at the, at, and it's like, first I painted the green, and I painted some highlights on it. Mm-hmm. I painted them pretty large. Like, I went with a larger swath of the highlights. Yeah. Then I went back the next day and looked at it and said, okay, I went a little lighter. I went just, like, slightly smaller in that area. I just, that's it. I just basically kept filling in the same area but going smaller going and finer, smaller and finer. smaller. Yeah, that's, in general, that's that's my approach to painting. Yeah, you know? and uh, yeah, is it all perfectly blended? No, it dried up, and it doesn't perfectly blend into each one. In fact, I found the weirdest thing. I'm taking pictures of it over. And I'm gonna I'm gonna post these up on the phone because I've been taking pictures every night with my iPhone as I go phase by phase. And the my my camera is really. I mean, I'm surprised how good the iPhone camera is. They're actually nowadays they're pretty good. But then I put it up on. The, the, here's my thing. You look at it there, and you're like, wow, it looks really nice. It kind of blends well and stuff. Yeah. Then you take the picture of it and you put it up on the computer and it's on the big screen mm-hmm. and it looks like a paint by number because I can see each individual like, okay, here's the green and I laid down the lighter green and you can see kind of where it comes in and then you see uh, the next, the brushing so of the next kinda, lighter yeah, green. And yeah. the, so it almost looks patchy and I'm looking at it going, man, and the picture, it looks like crap because like, it's, it's enlarged it, to the it's point It's almost where, as if the, the camera reveals all your techniques and all your exactly, imperfections. That it's yeah. not that perfect. Because you see sometimes these people take their pictures and it's like these are like golden demon guys right. and it's a perfectly smooth. That's eventually what I would like to be able to do and well, I just don't have that quite down yet. Is your iPhone, does it have a flash? 
It does, but I never use it because I have the okay. I have the hobby light, the little magnifying glass light. And I used to put that on it. And ah, then I see. When I when I use the flash, it always looks weird. It always, yeah, 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 it always yeah. So, but it's just. I don't know. That's I'm sort of way off on the topic there with taking pictures. That's the next well, no, thing. It's, it's part of it. But, but you uh, should definitely throw those pictures up on the forum. Yeah. Uh, in fact, that's the other thing that's on the list for spring break is take picture because I did my hobby. I got my 200 and some odd points of skeletons painted mm-hmm. for February. Nice. Or to put up for March. I haven't put them up yet. And uh, once I finish the Grave Guard, which I, I shall, I'll have those done before spring breaks up. I think I can get them done in about three days. You, all of them in three days? Well, I'll sit down and do all the... All, Basically, all the metal in the morning, yeah, and then come back around lunchtime. I do two heavy washes on them, okay, and then in the evening, by the time I start with, uh, I need three colors, maybe four colors to do the rust. I'll sit and start on one, and by the time I get to thirty sixth, it's dry. So I can sit in one evening and do all the rust, and it'll be. I'll get that. When you done say one evening. What, what time do you start, and what time does that end? Oh, probably between eight and two. Eight and two. Yeah. That's, so a six hour. When stretch. I sit down, when I've got time, and I sit down, once I start, that that was, that's wow. been the thing. I, even with just these two models, I sit there. In fact, I didn't even want to stop. Like, and I only had two, so I had to wait for them to dry. Right. I had to be patient. Well, you know I, what you do. I, have, I was sitting watching Doctor Who. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like <laughs> waiting for your, it to you dry. You take your hair dryer and you make it dry. Oh no! I was, when that's done, then you keep on moving. Oh, I. Was, I, I me and, me and Grant both do that. Uh, oh. Tournament time when you don't have time to wait or watch Doctor Who or whatever. Well, you, that's I was, what you do. I just figured by the time, I, now that I know what I'm doing, now the machine kicks in. Kicks in. Where I can sit down and you know, I, I mean, I did it with 200 zombies. I just do that right, one right. color for everything and sure, then when I'm done, sure. go back to the next color. Assembly line style. Yeah, yeah. I can, cr- I'll crank it out and I think. Eight to two, that's a pretty good stretch of time though. I, I usually go from like nine to like 1130. I, I'll paint but until I, could, I get I can do that painting, almost every night. You know, because yeah. with one coat on 40 models, if I spend three minutes a model, that's two hours. Right. So I'll get through one coat, but then you're not going to want to just stop at one coat. You're going to do something else. And but, then but you, and have, then, you have the endurance, though, to keep on going? Yeah. That's nuts. Oh, I got stamina, baby. That is nuts. Yeah. I. It, you know what? It, it's, I did it. Like I said, it was... I was looking at about... For one coat of color, when I was doing the 200 zombies... Mm-hmm. It was 200 zombies at about, say, two minutes per model, maybe a minute to two minutes. So you're talking six to seven hours if I was sitting down to do one color on them. Yeah, I I was the same. And and I would, would, but once I started, I was like, no, no, I got to get to the end of this. My, I can't just stop in the middle. See, I I understand what you're saying. Like the the, like one highlight of orc skin. Uh huh. It took me about eight, maybe ten minutes for one orc. Okay. So, So a unit of 20. I can never do that in one sitting because after about the fifth or maybe the seventh or eighth one, mm-hmm. I start to get sloppy and so oh. then I, I stop myself. Say, okay, I'm going to reset. You know, get some sleep. I'll come oh, back see, to yeah. tomorrow. And I'm start usually not fresh. tired. I mean, if I'm tired, that's one thing. But I'll be sitting here. I've got, I've got my, I've got my, uh, my, uh, I got some tea. <laughs> not your, uh, not your soft drinks. No, I don't. Oh, I, coffee. I don't drink soft drinks. Okay. No, I, I make. I just, I run water in the coffee maker. Throw ah. in a couple of tea yeah. bags. Yeah, yeah. So I've got some tea. I've got a bunch of movies. So if if my eyes are starting to hurt water, I'll just sit and I'll just like I'll I'll put it down and watch the movie for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of then go pick it, pick up the next one. Right. But I just keep them here. And as long as I'm down here, it's like if I stop and go to bed, that's one thing. But as long as I'm down here in the crypt and right. I'm, I will just keep picking up the next model and just keep going. Yeah. Just, if it's here, I just can't. You know, I just I don't. 
Interesting. If it's out in front of me, I, I I will just basically sit. I'll be watching. We going. You know, I really should paint one more. Okay, I really should paint one more. It's funny how you try to squeeze in. You know, painting here and there a little bit because it does add up. Mm-hmm. Like for me at home, because since I work from home, I'll a break for lunch for a half an hour. For the other half hour, I'll paint. You know. Three orcs, four orcs, right. whatever. Right. Because at the end of the week, that adds up. Well, and that's, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think on these couple of models, I must have spent a dozen hours in the last week. And I, yeah. but it was always, I mean, you know, I, the, the littlest one goes to bed about eight. And then I come down here with Harrison and we put on Doctor Who and mm. we watch two episodes of that and it's an hour and a half of painting. Right. And boom, you know, there you go. Yeah. And I was like, oh, by the end of the week, like, Wait, I, I, I did kind of quite a bit. So, yeah. Well, but I'll do these marathons to get them out of the way so I can sit down and really, I got to focus on, I want to get these metal movement trays done. I want to put mm-hmm. magnets on the bottom of all of them. So, we got uh, th- about 30 days and counting. So, oh, dude, oh, I'll have the, I'll, uh, I'm hoping to have trays and those, those 36 graveyard done before break's over. And then it's nice. just, pl- and then it's just playing with the display board until I go to Adepticon. Right. So, that's what I've done. I've talked far too long about it, but I get excited. <laughs> I think you'll find as you paint armies, mm-hmm. like my greenskins are my second after my high elves. Compositionally and technique-wise, taken as a whole, your army will look better each generation that you go. Right. So your dwarves were your first one. Your VC certainly look much better than the du- your dwarves, if you don't oh, mind yeah. my saying so. Oh, no. Uh, Whatever yeah. third army you, you pick up is going to look even better. I hope so. So, well, Of course, I might be stripping all those dwarves for the new book. Yeah, I've been there. I've stripped my high elves and... Yeah, I know that sounds funny to some out there, but I did strip my high elves. And, well, uh, you know, I'm certainly enjoyed it. Certainly enjoyed what your high elves. <laughs> <laughs> the conversation just went. <laughs> yeah, okay, so. <laughs> bad David. <laughs> That's not my wrist again. That, so. that was your, that was your <laughs> other wrist. <laughs> yeah, I do have two of them. We all have two wrists, unless you're walking around without an arm. In which case, I'm sorry. There, um, go, there goes the conversation. I there. don't know what I'm talking about. Um, like I said, and you, I mean, my dwarves were okay. You looked at them, mm-hmm. and they, there was nothing wrong with them. It was just they had a lot of basic technique, and that was basic, basically it. It was painting and washing and dry brushing, sure, and that's right, about it. Right. And it didn't look bad, but it was just there. You know, it was kind of plain. It wasn't a lot of color. Uh, I would say tabletop standard. Yeah. Yeah. It was tabletop standard. I mean, there was more than three colors, but it really was. I mean, it was like, oh, look, it's dry brushed, and it's brighter on the raised parts and dark in the crevices. Hey, that's a great job. And now you're looking at it going, you know, and I, you know, this looks good, but I see yours, and it's like they really do. Well, your, your stuff really does pop. It but it, really But does. if you look at my high elves, uh, that's it's a variance. There's very basic spear. The, the spearmen uh-huh. are, the one, are the first models I ever painted. Right. Uh, you know, ranging from the eagles, which I think turned out pretty good. So it's a wide Variants in that army. Yeah, but I mean, oh god, those your eagles are amazing, though. Oh, thank you. Um, but, uh, but I mean, but you also, I look at your high elves, and I know I Harrison and I both have tried on his high elves, mm-hmm. and your white is stunning. It's a lot of trial and error. It, it, yeah, well, that I don't have that down yet, and that's I'm that's something else I would like to learn so that I can help Harrison and mm-hmm. and help teach him because I know he likes he likes painting it, but he gets frustrated really easily. He goes out of the lines, or he does this or that or the other, and then he gets mad, and you know it's like, and it, and then it gets mad because his his white does it looks kind of chunky or it looks doesn't look smooth, right, or chalky things. or something. yeah, chalky, yeah, and yeah. so it just never. And, well, why does a hard color to really get the most white out of? and yellow are pain in yeah. the ass? Yeah, they are, but um, 
So it's like I've been stepping up my game because I'm playing with yours on the table. I'm like, well, I'll put mine on the table. It look like crap. So I'm like, what? But, but then you, get, you've, you've made huge strides, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, Certainly. seriously, over the course of this, just just this army, just the working on these VC, mm-hmm. um, my, my paintings has, has improved. But it's like I think part of it is I understand now, like you said, going from painting on a canvas to painting on a model. I can take the stuff I've learned with color mixing and color theory and doing those things and bring them to here now. And plus, it's just a little more in, in the idea of brush control, patience, uh, patience. Right. It's. I still. I still wish I could blend as nicely. I would like mm-hmm. to get some seamless blending to be able to do that. But right now, at least, I mean, like you said, I mean, the, just the color, the you know, going up from the you know, it's, right. there's a lot more than three shades there. There's a, like six, and that itself is just a huge difference. It mm-hmm. really pops much more. Absolutely. So I'm very pleased with it, and. Um, well, I'm looking forward to when Adepticon does finally arrive, seeing everyone's best laid out on display boards. Yeah. I think yeah. that's going to be cool. And I'm curious to see, you know, Ben Curry and those those other guys, the international yeah. guys, you know, what what they bring and yeah. how kind of their painting, their, what their, how their styles are, are different. But, I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm very curious to see what they all... Yeah, should be I want to hang out with Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like a ton of fun. He's Maybe you could bake him a cake. I sh- oh, dude, I totally should. Well, we're gonna. I'm gonna bring b- probably banana bread because you know, mm. got, everyone's got to bring some food. I should bake a cake for Gareth. I think he would appreciate that. I think he would. Yeah, bake a cake. Hey Ben, Ben, if you're listening, because I know Gareth doesn't. <laughs> tell, send me a message and tell me what kind of cake I should bake for Gareth. Well, I won't bake it. I'll make Heather do it. But I'm just, nice. I don't bake. She's she's actually <laughs> really good at it. So, okay, totally off sidetrack. We should uh, stop this. I guess. Um. How about other? You've been doing any other? Other is what TV shows and TV and shows, whatnot? movies, uh, other podcasts, whatever. Other po- you know, I did start listening to West Coast Hammer Time. Yeah, and, you know, I, okay. So I've been looking into a possible third army, maybe Tomb King. So I've been reading that book a lot. Yeah, and listening to all different podcasts to figure out, you know, what would be a good build, what would be fun to do. And West Coast Hammer Time had a good breakdown of uh, Tomb Kings. And that's a fun show. Very laid back, those two yeah. guys. Yeah, I, I do enjoy that show. I think one one of the guys' names, I think, is Bill Curry, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, might be, yeah. I, so every time I see that, I get, wait, Bill Curry or Ben Curry? <laughs> I get a little tripped up. It's Bill Curtis. Right, right. Um, so reading up on Tomb Kings and, and kind of playing with the idea of starting that army. We'll see. That's all I'm going to say at this point. So why are we will seeing it? What's holding you back? I mean, other than cost. Like, if you could just get the army, what's holding you back from really jumping uh, in? Pen, the pending high elf release. Oh, you afraid you're going to start this in the difficult three months? Out, and you're then just going to shelve that. it? You're right, yeah. Well, you know what? If, if I may, <laughs> as yeah. a guy who owns a lot of armies, yeah. you know, if you do pick one up and start painting it, I know you're going to want to obviously paint the new things that come out for the high elves. You're going to want to theme it to your army. But if you're not going to strip the whole army... You know, it might be something, oh, I'm going to paint a few new models. Uh, you know, just at least having a few nits to break up the monotony. Uh, well, see, that's the thing. Depending on what is released for High Elves, I'm leaning towards starting anew, like completely from scratch. Oh, you're going you to strip them? Not strip. Just get new ones. Really? No. Oh, I see. What are you going to do with all the old ones? Uh, I'll, I'll keep them. I'll hang on to them. Because, you know, Swordmasters are going to suck. And, uh, well, and, and they might. I don't know. They could very got, well. Everybody's got 40 of them. They're their all strength stuff. one attacks, you know, with <laughs> weapon skill one. Who knows? They, they have not so great weapons. <laughs> <laughs> Big rubber, you know, rubber, rubber swords. Yeah. Uh, so the, th- but the thing is, I don't know. 
So I, All when it comes to me and armies, beards, you'd be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to me and armies, like once I start an ar- on, with an army, then I'm focused on it. I'm, I'm all in. I've, dude, I, I've never, I've never been so focused on an army as I have been. With, I mean, I did dwarves because that's all I had. Right. But then, as I started buying more and more armies, I mean, you know, before we were doing the show, mm. whenever you came over, I mean, it was literally I would have three different lists. I'd be like, pick one. Right. And I'd be face the down. Like, armies, I'm playing yeah. with this yeah, army. See, today. I could never, I could never do that. Just because, well, I mean, I, I really do love all the fluff from all the other armies. I just, I love to play the game, and I, I do too. But I, I have to play an army over and over and over again. Yeah. To, like. Feel like I need to feel like I'm making progress with it from a game perspective, exactly. but also from a hobby perspective. And and I and I don't disagree with any anything you're saying, but for me it was just it's just. Um, I think uh, you like to immerse yourself in the world. Yes, both and from the hobby side and from the the, from the, the, the story side. side and the playing. And it was just me, Harrison, and Christopher. Yeah. And Christopher was only really ever playing his dark, dark elves, elves, and he would sometimes like you know, and so it was just. Just for the sake of variety, for having something other than playing Dark Elves versus Dwarves, sure. it was like I'll play anything. I just let's let's see what Mix this. Let's see what yeah. happens now. Yeah. You know, mm. I mean, every time I play with the orcs against you, I come home and I look at mine. I mean, literally every time I play against you, I come home and look at mine. <laughs> go, and I don't have those savage orcs, but I come do got a lot of these things. It's come to the green. It seems like so I, much. I fun. have an extra foot of they, orc template for you. <laughs> I have several. <laughs> I have one in my car. It is. A, why? Because I got it. If as, you need to put your foot on the gas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean I had a bunch. What? I had a bunch, and I gave some out, and I realized that one was in my trunk, and so I like took it. Uh, like I, I found it in the trunk, and I said, "Oh, I don't want this to get lost." So I brought it up, and it's like in the little cup holder thing in in the front of my car, and it's like I never bring it in. Every time Heather Harrison gets in the car, he's like, "Oh, look, there's a foot of gork." He's like, gork. Oh. It's like a little yeah. I've I've got one in the car. I've got one in in the blood bowl set. Because when uh, okay. when Luke gave me uh, he gave me some orcs uh, he gave me some orcs for uh, to play with for uh, for Blood Bowl he had made out of green stuff little foot oh, feet foot. of gork actually nice. it's it's made out of green stuff but it's not a solid foot he's actually carved out the shape and inside it is actually the the holes well so that the the part that's still there sp- it says wah huh so he actually has wah in it's the middle crafty. of the foot it looks really oh, nice that's but cool. Yeah, I got feet of gork just sitting all over the place. It, I mean, it, it is a fun army to play. I, I, it's got a lot of variety. Well, it's, to it. It, that's honestly that's the one thing that's drawing me. As I keep looking at all the armies, I'm like, well, I don't want to play this. Uh, I kind of want to play that. Mm-hmm. You know, dwarfs in my VC, I really love, and I keep looking around. The, the thing that's attracting me to the demons is all that just the bizarre randomness of what could happen. The craziness, that's yeah. really, what's kind of drawing me to it. So. So that's I don't know I, I've rambled enough though. So you've been reading the Tomb Kings book, and uh, yeah, just, that just, yeah, and listen so, to the Hammer Time, right? So what else you've been listening to or watching? Uh, that, that's about it. The usual stuff. Um, oh, you know, I did watch a little bit of that Vikings show. Did you watch any of that? I've watched all three episodes. I've been. I, I've, I've been only watched DVR the first them. two. Uh, what do you think of it? You must. It sounds like you like it. I do enjoy it. I enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, you know, a, a typical brand new show. There, the the plot seems to be, you know. Almost going a little. It's like I almost want it to slow down a little bit, but they need to get all these characters introduced and developed. Sure, right. So it seems to be moving at a really fast pace. Uh-huh. But I like the characters so I, far. I do too. They, I think they capture the the the, the lifestyle yeah. of that era really well. Yeah. Uh, the the Ragnar, the main character, yeah. it, he's cool. Yeah. His wife is bad. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Byrne as the as the Lord. Yeah, uh, that's he's my only complaint because every time, every no matter what I see him in, uh-huh. all I hear is Kaiser Suzy. 
<laughs> Kaiser Suzy. There is no Kaiser Suzy. Right. There's no Coke on this ship. He'll flip you. He'll flip you. He'll flip you. Is anyone about to hook you with a dysentery? Yeah, he'll flip you. In English, please. <laughs> <laughs> this is all uh, from the usual suspects for that's, all those That's that such know. a great movie. It is but great. But you know what? I'm glad I think of him because it erased the image of him as that devil, as playing Satan in... Uh, I never even saw that. That Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? I love that movie. It's really? a guilty pleasure. It's, it's End not, of Days? Is yes. That, is that what it's it is? not great. In fact, parts of it... Some, the parts that were bad were really bad, yeah. but the parts that were good were really fun. Like if you just sort of kick, it's you know, get some popcorn, kick back, and watch it. I didn't Maybe. mind it. I, I, I kind of dismissed it when they, when the commercial. Came you know, out. it was on it was on cable uh, a couple months ago on like heavy rotation. You know, they pick right. a movie and they just show it like sure, all month. Sure. And so it was on. I watched it again. I was like, well, let me ask you this. Now that we're way off topic. Yep. What was it? Well, like, we're still on topic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, would, what would you say is your favorite Schwarzenegger film of all time? Oh, um. I don't know. It might. It's really. It's probably a toss-up between either the first Conan or the first Terminator. Huh. I kind of, I'm trying to think of his other movies. He did. I mean, he's done a bunch of of fun movies, but yeah, he's done quite a bit. I mean, I I've, I've seen so. I I like almost almost all of them. I mean, I like Raw Deal. Yeah. I know. Running uh, Man. Running Man was fun. Running Man's really cheesy. You watch it again. But, you, oh, like, it's total cheese. Because I loved it when it came out, and I'm watching it now going, oh, dear Lord. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's totally. Even when it came out, it was, it was cheesy. It was silly, but at least it was kind of fun. I mean, in the 80s, you can get away with being 80s, because that's what we knew. And that's now you're watching it, was, it now yeah. going, oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Right now, we're in there in now. The future, everyone effects. has hair gel. Right. In the <laughs> apocalypse, there's no lack of more. We're, we're now in the era of special effects and. Yeah, little character development. So. Right. So, but um, yeah, Predator. That's my favorite. Predator's By really far. good. You really, you like that one better than the original oh, Terminator. Yeah. It's I, such a great action movie. There's like it is a little great to no movie. dialogue, but everything is is seen. You know, and all the di- with explosions and, and, and action. The, the dialogue is really great too. This part it's is so the, minimal. Jesse Ventura is yeah. so good yeah. at all those lines. Um, yeah, just slack jawed <laughs> guys. Yeah, yes, yes, Harrison, you can. You will watch. For my other, actually, um, I've been listening to, I found, I used to listen to old-time radio. Like, I used to love, okay. back when I lived in Des Plaines, about 10 years ago, right before he was born, or actually right after he was born, you know, I'd stay home on the weekends instead of going out because I had a newborn. So my brother-in-law would come over, and I'd just sit around playing video games and... Uh, listening to old-time radio? Well, it was it was weird. I was just, I, I was turning on the news radio. Uh, my friend Camille always used to put on news radio for some reason. I don't know why. And it was like suddenly Sunday night. It was like all of a sudden, like when radio was, and they would play all these old radio oh, programs. Oh, like late at night on like WGN. It was uh, WBBM actually. Does okay. seven eighty used to play it? Yeah, yeah, old like pirate programs or whatever. Yeah, I or mean, Fibber McGee and Molly, all this stuff, detective yeah. stuff. Boston Blackie. I remember hearing that just going right past it on the oh, dial. So, but I tuned in. I'm like, you yeah. know, was, I I I, I really love that. Old, cl- I mean, maybe it's going you know have the going drama to, part of you, to, or yeah, yeah, going to school for theater and stuff like that. But so, and some of the old science fiction shows from the 40s, it's that 40s future sci-fi that now Flash you look Gordon at it. stuff. You look at yeah. it, you're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. So um, I was looking for Arch Obler's Lights Out, Everybody, which is this really great old horror program. Mm-hmm. I mean, really creepy stuff. And I didn't find that, but I found X-1, which is a science fiction. I mean, this stuff written Robert Heinlein. Ray Bradbury. Oh, sure. Yeah, this the, all their, old school guys. Yeah, all their stories d- turned into half-hour huh. radio dramas. 
and X minus one podcast. I'm like, I remember X minus one. I used to really like that. Click that there are 250 episodes wow. of this podcast. I'm on 30. I've been listening nice. for about a week and a half. I listened on the way to work. Harrison has Morgan has really gotten into it. Morgan listens with me. She because she's just like this is kind of cool. Is it still ongoing or? Uh, no, I mean the podcast was back from the forties, but they're still. I mean they've been adding episodes. I mean they just added episode like two fifty six. Okay, so it's not like they've wrapped up the whole series. No, but, okay, cool. Um, but if you type in any of them, then the, on the you know what you might also like on iTunes comes up with like all of them. So I've just been like a glut of forties. Radio program isn't it great? Like the any information or entertainment that you could ever seek from your memories it is right at your fingertips. Right, it's so cool. But I've been listening to that, and uh, like I said, as I mentioned, um, Kathleen, who is the owner of Unique Gifts, Unique Games, Gifts Games and Grace Lake Illinois, and Illinois. Uh, she ever since I mean we've known each other since we were fifteen, mm-hmm. and she's always been oh, a so huge fan a of long, Doctor long, Who. Long, long time. Well, you know. <laughs> She'll tell you, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I've known her most of my life. Sure. Um, uh, amazingly, somehow, when I met her, she was a year older than me, uh, and now she's about ten years younger than me. I'm not certain how that happened, but it did. Um, I wouldn't push it. I'm not <laughs> sponsor the show. Of course, she's ten years younger, but she's always been a huge fan of Doctor Who, and I remember watching it when I was like twelve. I turned it on on Channel Eleven, you know, the mm. WTTW, yeah, the yeah. PBS channel, and just. I'm like, this is science. It's like British TV. It's like horrible. You know, it's British. Yeah, I could never get into. I'm like Daleks. Looks so cheesy. The production stormtroopers would totally wreck those guys. You know, uh, I remember thinking that. Well, see, and that's what I thought too when I was watching the old BBC stuff. I'm like, this is terrible. Like, it looks crappy. It you know the production value is so bad. Right, and you'd always catch it like in mid plot. Well, so you never. Thing, knew, was like, I never knew what was going. on. They would on. run five or six episode story arcs. So yeah, you'd come in in part three, and you'd be like. What, right. What's huh? going on? I don't yeah. get it. Um, she got Harrison into watching it, the new series that restarted. And so I said, okay, Harrison would watch it. I'll, I'll give it a try. So I started watching the new series. And, I, you know, a couple episodes, just watch a few episodes. Go, okay, okay, okay. I'll just, I'll kind of go with it. You know, Harrison's sort of explaining to me little, whatever little things I don't quite get. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, this isn't actually that bad. So then I went back on Netflix streaming, and they don't have all the old seasons on streaming, but they would have one story arc for each season. Okay. So I've watched like eight or nine story arcs. I'm up to like season nine on the old stuff on Netflix. I'm really loving it. Like it's actually like the stories aren't bad. If you can get past on the old ones, if you can get past the cheesy production value, right. the stories are good. The new ones, they've got much better effects now, and the stories are good. So even having, I've just, I, I think I've watched. Oh my god, let's see, eight five, in the past like three weeks. I think I watched about sixty episodes of Doctor Who. That's definitely an acquired taste, I think. Yeah, it's it's one of those. If you give, if you honestly, I'm so, if, and if you start with the newer series because there's, there's a little more action. It's uh, is, that, is that the one that's currently airing? Yeah, they're not yeah. running five or six episodes for a story arc. They're one, maybe two. You know, okay. each episode can stand alone. Okay. Maybe a two parter. Um, and if you start from the beginning of the the new series uh, with the ninth Doctor, it's actually like I was like, okay, I'm I'm liking this. And the more I'm watching, the more I'm getting like really involved. In invested it. in the character. Yeah, the it's actually really. I'm, I'm I'm surprised how much I'm enjoying it. So, and I've had a lot I can watch. So that'll be cool. That's a good thing. All right, but that's everything. Uh, so I guess uh, that's that's all I've been doing. That's, that's a long toolbox. Yeah. All right, and we haven't taken a break in 45 minutes. So well, let's let's, let's take one and we'll uh, come back with uh, our top. We got a couple of top five lists this week. Let's do it. Sounds good. All right. 
Is your name a killing word? Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about, chances are you're a gamer. What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and HeroClix. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the jerk store and be one of the gaming elite. And visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only way to move is not to play. Brian Steele, creative director of Dark Age Games and editor-in-chief of Ravage Magazine U.S., wants the Garage Hammer fans to head on over to CoolMiniOrNots.com and find some of the best games and miniature artistry assets the industry has to offer. From professional painting DVDs, art supplies, and a variety of amazing miniatures, from an assortment of different companies, whether you're adding to your own army or starting up a new game like Dark Age, Cool Mini or Not has what you need. Garage Tools. We're back. Yes, we are. All right. Now, uh, it's funny because you had suggested like a month, month and a half ago, we, we've been writing up show ideas. And show ideas and like like shorter ones, like not just, you know, because it's, it's kind of hard after you've done, I mean, I know people, you know, you do like 60 or 70 of these and you're like, you know, well, we, what should we talk about now? What should we talk about that's going to fill a show? Right. And so, you know, you've been, we've been coming up with like mini topics that are kind of fun things and you're like. Oh, we should do a top five uh, chariots or top five war machines. And we've had this shelved for like two months. <laughs> and we actually scheduled it because we were actually yeah. – that's one of the things that happened. Once you came on the show, if you're like, you know, I can't just figure out what we're going to record three days before the show. We need – so we've actually got like – about it. We've actually got about two months' worth of shows like basically scheduled out. This is the right. topic. And so we had this scheduled. And literally days before we sit down to record – you know, back he did his top, top five, five chariots, chariots, which is cool because, and I actually wound up skipping that episode. I did too because I want to do my list first and then go back and then compare and see what he exactly. Did. And I saw all the people because I saw it come up and all the people like listing their top five. I was like, oh crap! So I, I actually and I never skip a uh, daily because uh, when I wake up in the morning, I just I grab my phone and I, uh, I it's the same thing. I just hit the refresh on Instacast, and then when I get in the car, plug the phone in. Listen to it on the way to work because it's fifteen minutes. Yep. It's like yep. half my drive, you know. So yeah, that that um, that intro music that he has, like it's like <laughs> my morning uh, ritual. <laughs> so um, so we decided we were going to do uh, war machines and chariots, our top fives. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get into it. Let's start with top five war machines. Sure thing. All right, folks. We recorded the top five war machines. And what we thought about them, but um, because show's running a little long, we want to try to keep it under three hours if we're lucky. So what we'll do is we're just gonna we're gonna save this and drop it into the next episode for you guys. Uh, Chris, you don't mind, do you? No, it works for me. 
Yeah, so this way we can just do that. We got a little something for next episode. You know what to expect, and um, this way we're keeping it within the within the time, especially with the last two episodes running almost four hours sure. of pop and all this. the all the new music that we're adding and the new tracks. <laughs> and yeah, everything. yeah. As as the production value goes through the roof on this show, <laughs> uh, boy, a little treat for the <laughs> listeners out there. Keep it real, homies. There you go. All right, cool. Let's talk chariots. Let's talk chariots. Um, all right. So we went with our top five. Now I do want to. I don't know how you chose yours. Um, I stayed away from what I wrote here. I stayed away from gimmicky chariots. Okay. Because I was looking at it and it's like the hurricane was cool mm-hmm. and it's a chariot. It's got a lot of cool items. Mm-hmm. You know, the luminarc was cool because it's got the cool you know beam sure. on the top. Uh, the corpse cart is a chariot, and at right. least for VC. Giving everyone within six inches ASF. I mean, yeah. even on, I was thinking about that as a team tournament thing. Oh, really? You know, it's like I could give ASF to you know my fat, your fat ogres and stuff. Sure, I'm like, right, right. Or ASF to uh, the you know the the slow ass tomb king skeletons. I mean, you could sure. do so. But I said, you know, I did. I I, I wanted to pick something that was an actual chariot, chariot, like you know, charging, a doing con- impact, a conventional hits. chariot. Uh, yeah, okay. something more conventional. So I I stuck with those. I want to preface it with interesting. that. Interesting. Okay, mine. Not so much. I'm kind of all over the place. Okay. But let's get into it. Let's see. This was a one. Now, my number five pick was a toss-up, and uh, I didn't have all the books with me at work when I was trying to do this, because I realized when I pulled out my list this morning to type up my notes, I only had four on the list. Okay. I could not decide between the High Elf Chariot. Which one? I I was thinking the Lions. It's not as fast, but those Lions are devastating. Yeah, yeah. Or the Razor Gore Chariot from the Beast. Razor Gore one is the, the... more expensive, yeah. Of the two, the, yeah. Okay. The, those are, those two are relatively comparable, I think, in terms of their damage output and price. And that's what I thought too. Uh, and I, I kept thinking back and forth, looking at them, and I didn't have the books with me. And I thought, I think the I gave it to the Beastmen. Hmm. I'll give the High Elf one an honorable mention. Either the either the one with the Tyrannoch or the Lion Chariot. They're okay. both they're both good. They got the ASF. They're good, but you don't see them in a lot of High Elf lists. They, the High Elves don't need that Chariot, I think, as much. It's it's they're, the points are too easily given away. Exactly to think something like a cannon. Yeah. Whereas in the Beastmen lists, a couple of nice chariots can be used pretty pretty well to pretty yes. good effect. Mm-hmm. And those and the Razor Gores they hit pretty hard. They've got a mm-hmm. decent save. Um, and I think the it's I think it's a higher toughness on that chariot. I think. I want to say it's toughness five, whereas the line chariot is four. Right. So I yeah. mean, I I think the edge went to the Beastmen, and I think I gave it to the Beastmen for. The, they got the edge on, and it's a little tougher, mm-hmm. and I think it's more useful in their army. I mean, I know that in the overall scheme. I would agree. When you're picking overall, so I just I, I gave it to the Beastman Razor Gorge area. Okay. That was the hard one for me to pick. What you, would you take for your number five? My number five one is, and you'll know this one well, is the Vampire Cause Black Coach. Really? Yeah. Nice. Because that thing, when it gets powered up, it is a pain to deal with. But even as a basic coach, it's got a... I think a four up armor save and a four up ward save. Yeah, it's uh, toughness six. Toughness six, Yikes. four up armor, four up ward. It's pretty resilient. Yeah, uh, it's being driven by uh, a wraith, so he's got a great weapon. Yeah, he's strength five. Yeah, and the two nightmares are strength four. Yeah, uh, no, black coach is is awesome. I like the black coach. In fact, if I ever ever get my stupid conversion done, mm-hmm. I will field that more often. Uh, please because don't. Because that's, that's such that a I'm, headache to deal with. It is. It's it, great. It, the thing is, time is not on your side when you see that thing scored off against you. 
and the best part about it is it's not nearly the size of say the uh, Terrorgeist engine or yeah, or the Mortis engine. Yeah. It's, it's so it's much a lower it's profile. A, yeah, it's, well, it's on a it's a lower profile, but I'm not even talking about the size. Where you, excuse me, where you can see it, the base is smaller. Hmm. I mean, it's on the chariot base, and I guess I I guess the. Uh, the uh, mortise engines on the same size base, yeah, it is. but like you know that damned. I mean, I've been using the Terrorgeist, and it's just that's it's, huge. It's yeah. huge, and this is so much harder to hit, and it's got a. It's got, I think, the best armor save in the VC book. I yeah, maybe four up armor, black, four up ward, except for Black Knights and Blood Knights. Blood Knights with that uh, banner, but the banner's only good against shooting attacks, range attacks, range yeah, attacks. Yeah. So I mean, this is, I mean, that's that's like I mean that's like a lord or hero. Type of right. type of yeah. protection, yeah. and it's not everything else has got regen in the army. Mm-hmm. That's got that's got a ward safe. It's always on. It's and, and you look at the chart as as time goes on, you get plus one impact hits. You get plus one strength to the wraith and the nightmares. You get killing blow and, and flaming strength attacks. Six and strength five. Yeah. And then then you get killing blow and flaming attacks. Then yeah. after that, it's MR two plus Strider. MR two is nice because then magic really kind of bounces off of it. It's got a four up ward, so when yeah, you shoot it, it becomes magic, a two up ward. It's a two up ward against the spells. So. Then you have your uh, ethereal, which to me is the big one, and then on top of that you have fly. Let's uh, let's move on to number four. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're, you're, you're uh, okay. number five. Uh, yeah, you my, you, no, I gave my number gave five, five, and you gave the black coach number. Uh, my number four, the uh, tomb king chariots. Interesting. Why? They just there's there's a lot of potential there. First of all, they can be ranked up in units, mm-hmm. so you can you can I mean you could do a, a crap load of impact hits. I mean three of those across, right. you're doing a lot of yeah, impact hits. Plus one strength per rank. Plus one strength per rank. If, I mean you're not going to do more than six, but so now they're hitting even stronger. Plus with the um, extra attacks from the uh, the uh, Nehekar and lore, the spells to give them those mm-hmm. extra attacks. You can have a, you can have a you know a bunch of bow shots off of them before you get into combat. Right. You can slam into combat, getting all the extra attacks from the from the from the, the crew, the and crew the, and the, the horses. horses. So uh, there's just a potential for a ton. I mean, the, you know, the the thing with the chariot is, yeah, the chariot's great when it does the impact hits, and you could take out a bunch of guys with the impact, and then you mm-hmm. might get a couple more, might get a couple more with the crew. Right. But you know, you can suddenly you're packing a unit of them. And you're tripling that, and you're adding in extra attacks on all the guys with the spells. I mean, it just seems that when they wrote this with the Nehekar and Lore and everything, it, the, 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 I know a lot of people don't seem to be using you know units mm-hmm. of chariots because they are expensive, and I know mm-hmm. that's the drawback is the expense. But man, it just seems. Uh, Grant and I were talking about this. Grant's like he was thinking he would wouldn't mind starting a Tomb King's army, but he's like, I just want to take a whole bunch of chariots for my core because it just seems like you just fly these things in and slam into it. And you just Tons of damage right off the bat. I mean, it's another bet and heavy to win heavy. You better do a lot of damage with them right, right when you hit. You know, I I thought about those, and you know, I've been do, reading up a lot, uh, reading, doing a lot of reading on Tomb Kings, and I I just can't see the value in those chariots. I don't know what it is. You know, it's not. I think if they started off strength five base, I'd be all in. But the fact that you have to buy so many to get up to strength five. And if you lose one, then you lose that. Extra right. Well, I mean, but even with one yet, you, one one rank, the strength four is still pretty good, and just the sheer is it though? the sheer number of attacks. I mean, it's not much worse than a lot of chariots. Your standard chariot, your average chariot, is is strength five though. Is it impacted? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, the Tomb Kings get screwed all over the place. I mean, they really do. Let's be honest. Their their yeah, initiative is low. Yeah, their yeah, the yeah, skeleton strength is low. Well, they they have certain strengths, but I don't think the chariots are them. You know, the Tomb King players will say that. 
chariots are a great unit because they're very versatile. Uh-huh. You can sit back and shoot. You get the multitude of attacks, like you said. You can give them a magic banner. Yep. They move fast. Yep. Whatever. I, I just don't see it with with especially with eighth, eighth edition with terrain being as prevalent as it is. If you have this huge unit of chariots, it's going to be hard to maneuver and get in and get in there. Well, like I said, I'm just thinking mostly of three. I wasn't thinking of even going necessarily to six yeah, or nine because yeah. just. If I'm going to do that, I was actually thinking two units of three would almost be. I would think be better than that's one what unit I would do six. as support units out on the flanks. Exactly, yeah. but it just seems that they could be pretty, pretty good. And like I said, they can they can. They can be in a unit, right? So I, I don't, really I don't mean to challenge fire. your your choice. Oh no, no I, I'm no. challenging the chariots in general because that's part of my struggle with Tomb Kings. It's like I want them to be, you know, playable, and chariots are an obvious go to choice. It's yeah, just hard for me to know, make them work. Um, well. I, like I said, I, it's the one book that I really sit back and say, you know, I wish they would have given them just a little more strength five. Just I mean, good. just I mean the whole book. I mean, I kind of wish the whole book would just just yeah a little bit more would have yeah. I mean, you can say that about any book, really. I mean, but well, except seems, Ogres, but it seems apparent in this. It's yeah, it's, with it's the Tomb Kings. yeah. They have so many little things holding them back that it just it's. But like I said I liked it. I thought at least it had that potential in it. So okay. interesting choice. What was your number four? My number four was the Warriors of Chaos War Shrine. Now it did nice. take a hit in that uh, the Eye of the Gods only affects characters and I guess champions. But oh, uh, and the units are chosen, and units are chosen. But the fact that you can roll up uh, a demon prince relatively easily is pretty good. Well, that and you get to use the extra die when it's in range of like those the different units. You right, get the, right. So you're, now you're rolling three dice. Yeah. So you roll three dice and you can choose you which result you want. Any two you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's that is great. I don't think I don't. I don't. I don't think the War Shrine got crappy. I mean, the fact that you have now now that you, it's a bound spell to be able to give mm-hmm. the Eye of the Gods to someone, I think that's fair, actually. I think it's I think it's still pretty good. Was it a nerf compared to just being able to hand it out to anything? Certainly. Yeah, but God bless America. I mean, it became... you know, it, 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 Well, it's the pattern of all these books. If it's something that they do in every single army for every single game, mm-hmm. get rid of it. Right. And it was. It was just keep casting it until you got the ward save, mm-hmm. and then run away with it because right. as soon as it dies, they're going to keep it anyway. Right. So exactly. This was. This gives a lot more potential for a lot more. I think once again, it, it makes the game a little more fun, a little more unpredictable, but you can still do some really cool things. Right. I, I tell you, I played a game against Grant, and he rolled up a, a demon prince from his general. Really? His general is down to one wound. He popped this thing. Demon prince comes up with full wounds right in my. You know. Oh, right in my man. face, right in my grill. I'm like, oh my god! It's like panic mode sets in. So it's uh it's it definitely made it for a, a fun turn of events there. Grant was actually asking me. We were having a discussion on how that worked with because they say your general dies, like because the model dies and the demon prince replaces it, yeah. and then it says that these like if you create these demon, they're not worth points, right? So like, but then if you kill that one, do you get the points for the general if you kill the demon prince? You get the points, as, as far as I understand it, you get the points for the general the minute he dies and becomes a demon prince. That's kind of crazy. But y- if you kill the demon prince, then you do not get those points. No. Oh, so, well, see, that's kind of dangerous then. Turning into a spawn, turning into a demon prince, yes, it's powerful, but you lose... A lot of points. A lot of points. So you better, giving up a lot you better of points. get a lot out of that demon prince. Well, I, never, I, I didn't realize. Is that, I mean, is that how everyone's plays it? I mean, is that... Uh, I don't know. That's how Grant and I played it. Uh, yeah, I mean, because that's what it's... I mean, it would... 
it would seem that way, but then it would be like, well, damn, why would you want to do that? I would almost think that well, what, you, whatever it turned into, you'd have to kill that to get his points. That's what I would think, too. That's what I would, I'm not going to argue That's it. the one question I would like to see an FAQ on, you know, really. The, the, is, other, the other thing, though, is um, if your general, let's say your general is, is riding a skull crusher individually, if he, okay. if he rolls on this chart, dies, and becomes a demon prince, the fact that he dies causes a panic check because destroyed unit. Oh, he counts as a destroyed unit. So, yeah. See, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, is he is he dead, or is this demon prince just? Ri- I mean, it is almost like one, like transforming into a werewolf, where this demon prince is ripping. I, I, I just, I guess, in my head, I know you remove him as you know, you take him off the board. That's a casualty. Gone, yeah. But I just sort of pictured like the the, the, the guy morphing into yeah. yeah a demon prince. That's what like, I thought. He too. gets the blessings of the gods and turns into this thing. I, you know, I, I guess you know this is. Not the Warriors of Chaos for you, but I would love to see GW sort of explain that because it does seem it's like wow, I could roll up a bunch of demon princes, yeah, and you can give up give a whole all bunch of your points. points. They better score them all back. Right, I mean, that's right. well. I, I mean, if you do lose three, let's say three characters, and they all become demon princes, those princes can go off and start earning points back for you pretty pretty well. Yeah, but if you got seven or eight hundred points worth of characters, they better you know that's a lot they have You're to right. earn back. Right. And it's not like a tricked out demon prince. I mean, it's granted, pretty, a naked demon prince is still pretty tough. But it's, a, it's a demon prince that's equipped with what the character had. Is it? Is it? I'm not certain. That's how well, I thought it was, but I'm not sure. But either way, I just it's the whole the way the points work is is weird. I'd I'd like. I mean, that's when you could clarify really easily the the points. Be, does right. he get the? You know, you it, don't get any points for a demon prince, but you. Sh- I would assume, yeah, you don't get the points in the book for a demon prince, but if you you'd have to kill it to get the points to get the, the full points for the. So it's kind of a double double edged sword in that respect. Like, yeah, I got a demon prince, but oh, I gave up those points. Yeah, and does it actually? Did they get the extra hundred points for killing your general? Yeah, that, you'd get those points. Yeah, I mean, giving away all those points, it suddenly seems like, well, I don't, I don't want to be a demon prince. Right. Well, it's something you won't have a choice. If the chart, no. if the chart says, then the, yeah, that's what you have to do. Uh, let's see, number three. I gave my number three to the Goblin Wolf Chariot. I did too. For your number three, yeah. All right. Nice. Why'd you give it? Oh, it's so it's such a great buy. At fifty it's, points, it's cheap as chips. It's so versatile. It's annoying as hell. Every yeah. time I see them in the game, I'm trying to take them out because they're going to slam into the side of something, right? And you inevitably roll a six on your damn impact hits. You always get <laughs> and the scythe wheels makes a big, big yeah. difference. And it's they're so cheap. Can they be in a unit? Up to three. But yeah. still, three of those in a unit, I mean, uh, for 150 points, suddenly that's a lot more than chaff. Because oh, it's, yeah. It, it, it's, yeah, it becomes a little bit, you know, of a heavier, heavier hitting support unit. Yeah. It, it loses a little bit of the flexibility because it can't wheel freely. Well, yes. But uh, I and I don't get as much out of them as I, out of a unit of three as I do individually. Right. I mean, and I understand, you know, uh, I... But I just I guess, I guess I keep imagining picking like a unit of three and then two units of one. Have the ones running around doing what you want, right? But that three is just there. To, okay, well, just <laughs> slam in. And, all right, where do we go? Where do right, we go? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, it's movement nine, swift stride. Uh, the the wolves and the goblins. You know, for what it's worth, they get their, their the wolves are actually attacks. tougher than the goblins. That's <laughs> well, not on the charge. The goblins are strength four on the charge. Are they? But they're they're only weapon skill two. That, okay, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. The wolves are uh, weapons go three, strength three. Yeah, and at but, leadership six, you're going to fail your fear checks probably. 
Right. But it's good for controlling zones of, of where enemy chaff wants to get to, harpies and, and that sort of thing. Because part. it can just spin on a dime. Yeah, you kind of point it in the general yeah. direction of where your enemy's coming from. Mm-hmm. And unless they get past it... They you, have to risk getting They have to get charged. past it to, you know, to risk, or risk getting charged. And if they get past it, you're just pointing at it. And it's like, okay, go over there if you want. I'm just going to hit you in, right. the, bu- kinda, in the backside. Exactly. It's kind of like so, area denial yeah, with those things. I, I, I love them. Uh, and, and they're... Yours look really nice too. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, don't forget that um, you know, in a pinch, you can use them as chaff, and they do have the three bow shots, three eighteen-inch bows. That's right, because you just kept annoying me with those. Just like, pink, pink, pink. What yeah. really? If you have them, if you have them, use them. Exactly, exactly. Oh. So interesting. Good Our choice. Numbers, yeah, very well. Uh, number two, I uh, I gave this one to the Gorbeast Chariot. I know it's new, mm-hmm. and I kind of, I mean, I didn't pick any of the Demons Chariots because mm-hmm. I don't know. Enough about them to give them to any of the demon chariots, but that Gorby's chariot is just brutal. Yeah, it's it rough. is. It's it's so strong. It's so tough. It's mm-hmm. got a bunch of attacks. That Gorby's has killing blow on top of everything wow. else. That Gorby's chariot is just vicious. It really is. is I really like it. And the model it's, is really cool. The model's cool. Uh, I haven't decided on the Gore Beast itself whether I really I like really it or like not. It. I like it. I do, it's just the head is a little weird. I don't know if it's got those little blinders on its That's eyes. That's what I so, like, the blinders. But it just it just looks a little odd to me. I and mean, I haven't seen it painted yet. Mm. Like I've seen, and I've only got to look at Brad's for a few seconds because right. he, pl- he was playing. Right. Hey, let me look at this. You know? <laughs> but... Uh, I gave it to the Gorby's Chariot because of of the ones I've named so far, that's the one that you don't want running into you. Cause oh, yeah, for sure. That thing's going to, you know, the goblin might slam into you. I mean, I'm honestly not afraid. I mean, after the impact hits, if I can get past that, I'm not afraid of fighting the goblin chariot. I will eventually kill it. The difference is the goblin chariot is a... Is a you know, anti-chaff kind of support unit, right. whereas the Gorby's Chariot is a, is a front-line... You can slam Combat that thing into unit. a big, you know, yeah. you can even slam that thing into a monster. Oh, you yeah. know, because it, with its high strength, with that stuff, you can really you really do some damage. Is that thing toughness six? I think it might I be. I think it I, is. I don't remember. But even with the killing blow, oh, yeah. you know, oh, I get all the, you know, the Gorby's Chariot is, you know, that's open, that's opening mm-hmm. up, uh, you know. Good against cavalry. Yeah, it's good against all the high armor save stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really nice. So that I gave it to the Gorby's Chariot. Interesting. I'm curious to hear what your number one is. Well, number two would have been the Mortis Engine, but I didn't give it to gimmicky chariots because really, Mortis Engine uh, was going to be number two huh. on my list because that's okay. that's got everything. Well, let me tell me if you think this is a gimmicky. I, I choice. give it an honorable mention. <laughs> my number two choice is the Ogre Iron Blaster. Is that considered a chariot? It is considered a chariot. See, and that, I left it off because that that was one. It, it's it's does a chari- that fall under gimmicky? For well, you? I mean, I, I don't want. I mean, I guess gimmicky is the bad is not a, the proper term. But the, the reason I left it off mm-hmm. was because of the because I went and I looked I just check if it was a war machine. I'm like, no, it's a chariot. I'm like, oh, I can put it in a chariot. I'm like, uh, you know, honestly, nobody takes it because it's a chariot. Let's they take, take it because it it's got a badass cannon on right. it. Right. The same reason I didn't take the. Well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use the 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 the. The phrase I heard coined on the Black Sun because I love it, mm-hmm. the the skill cannon of corn. Because <laughs> the, the, the skills exactly well because the it, this the skull cannon or the skill cannon is just as good as the iron blaster only cheaper, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, I, no, that's another one. You're not taking that because it's a chariot. You're not taking that to just run it up and slam into. But the mandate was top five chariots. It was top five chariots, but I just looked and it was like. My top five were all things that 
I would never really use in the chariot sense of a chariot. I was right. using because of the crap that was sitting on top of the chariot. Right. So yeah, that that I left that off because because it it's. I, I it's, not, it's not a chariot. In the, in I initially wrote that in in my sense. war machine list, and then wait, wait a minute. Which is I, I would machine. think that too. Yeah, you know, but it's, it's a cannon. Yeah, and it's an awesome cannon. But yeah, it's a, ch- a cheap mobile cannon. Exactly, and I, I, yeah, points. no, I don't disagree with you. That was your number two. My number two. So you were down to number ones. Okay. What was your number one? Skull cannon. Skill cannon. Because <laughs> it's cheaper it, it, than the yeah. skull cannon. That's or funny. I just, I just gave all the reasons for you. It's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's longer ranged. Yeah, you know, it's got a five off ward save. No, it's all sorts of win. It's really good. You know, one thing that I do wonder, and we'll see this as the this army is played more, the demons. Yep, is this thing is only leadership seven. So if you roll on that reign of chaos table, uh-huh. the the result of an eight is the one where you roll three d six on the leadership, and if you fail, you take that many wounds. Right. I wonder if that result will come up relatively often because an eight is a pretty common roll on two d six. You know, yeah, but here's the thing, and everybody's been kind of, you know, you, you hear this talk about, oh my god, that you know, yeah. it's you know, it's it's five, six, eight, nine. It's the four most right, common right, numbers right. outside of seven to roll. Yeah. You're only rolling six times per game, right? So I guess eight's a pretty common number. But it's not like it's not like every time you're picking up to roll the dice, this might happen. I mean, it's well, no, I I, I want to see the eights. Oh yeah, I want to see these things get, get taken out. Oh sure, sure. Oh sure. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, remember when eighth ed came out and everybody looked at the um, miscast table at the miscast table yeah. and lost their minds. Yeah. I think this is happening again. I think we're looking at this going. You're looking. Oh my. Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't well, even play the list. You have to remember, like, if you roll those results, mm-hmm. you have to roll a six on every unit first, right? And if that if that rolls a six, then you take the effect. Then you take this leadership test. So, see, so it's and once again, it's, it's so it's so, even less of a chance, right? So I'm I'm not. It doesn't worry me, but I would like all to, that much. That's, that's kind of but in yeah, my head. Bad. That's the antidote for these skill cannons, right? Exactly. You know, low leadership hurts it. Uh, it's relatively fragile. Now, and if, only you, if it's near, five, if it's near the general, you get to re- yeah, yeah, yeah BSB and stuff that. like that. Yeah. But everyone's going to be taking <laughs> Nurgle or Zinch, and then you're not going to see. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I don't that's know. That's the we'll risk. You well, yeah. I guess yeah. But if you are if you are going to start a demon's army, there's really no reason not to take these things. No, I'm going to have to buy a couple. Yeah, I'm I'll, thinking, I'll but think I've so. held off. I've been good. I'm wait, if, Wait waiting. Wait a month. Fini- I'm, well, I'm waiting till after Adepticon. Let me finish because if, if I, I'm gonna, I want to try to get my VC done before I really hit summer break mm-hmm. because I want to have a summer project and I want to okay. see how much I can plow through over a summer project. Uh, it might be finishing off the demons. You know, sell off some other. You stuff. already have a thousand. I've got actually, I've got a thousand painted. I've got almost two thousand points worth, but it's, it's, it's a mix. There. It's a mix. I've okay. got the, ex- I've got that the, the super chariot from Slanesh. Mm-hmm. I've got a bunch of Nurgle stuff, but then I've got the, I got a bunch of pink horrors and uh, blood letters, which everybody says are crap now. But well, I don't care. I'll play it. Yeah, sure. So uh, my number one was the black coach. That was your number one. Is my, yep, is my number one. It's it's the it's it comes with the with I think of all the chariots it comes with the best natural saves with the four up four up right nothing else I don't think there's another chariot that comes with a four up armor four up ward none come to mind it's 
six toughness. It's right. got a bunch of wounds. And if you roll a couple of good magic phases. Right. It's, I mean, come on. You know, it's ethereal. Well, I'm going to hit it with, so I'll, I'll throw some fireballs or some magic at it. Mm. Go for it. Because by the time it's ethereal and flying, it's got a two-up ward against your right, magical right. attacks. It's, it's hard to kill. And you know what the best part about it is, and I've noticed this even with you, is that I put it out there, and I actually try to hide it behind buildings and stuff in the beginning. To keep it alive. And to power it up. But the thing is to power it up. But so everybody's like, especially when you try to hide it, everyone's like, well, oh, look, he's hiding it. I better shoot it. <laughs> right. And it's got a four-up armor, four-up ward. Yeah. So when you do hit it, it's gonna soak I'm up saving a lot of most of it anyway. Tough six. And then what do I do? I keep it near. I, I, and then I fly it up near my guys, and when I start casting my... Uh, the what you call it? I'll cast my uh, invocation. Yeah, it gets one wound back. Right. Oh, and then you're within twelve inches of the guy who cast it. Put uh, another wound back on it. Back. Boo! No, dude. Yeah, exactly. In in that army, it's I. I think I've lost one in. I've used it about a dozen times only mm-hmm. because I've been trying to use other things and use other right. points. I think it's been taken off the table once. I think the the big danger for that thing is static combat res. You yes. don't want to go charging into a fully ranked unit off by itself. Right. Or you don't want to go charging into your friend's goddamn dragon princes, <laughs> which you forget have a two of ward against flaming, and it's charged <laughs> right. up. <laughs> and uh, I was just, dude, remember that? I do I was remember doing that. like five wounds, six wounds per round, and you were saving all. Like, okay, one's gone. Right. All right, I win the... Co- oh, no, I have a banner. I have a banner, right. All right, right. so it's another That's draw. fine with me. I keep it pinned there. I don't want that <laughs> thing flying around. <laughs> So that was your number one. Interesting. Yeah. So you definitely stuck in the vein of conventional chariots. I, I, I did. like that. And I kept it to chair because, I mean, had, had I gone the other way, it would have been, and I'll tell you right now, had I gone the other way, it would have been Goblin Wolf Chariot followed by um, Mortis Engine, mm-hmm. Iron Blaster, mm-hmm. Skill Cannon, mm-hmm. Black Coach. Wow. The Black Coach even above the Skull, skill Cannon, huh? Yeah, because I can slam the because once the black coach gets moving, I'll slam it into the side of the skull cannon, right? Or the side of the uh, even the iron blaster. I'll take it out if you get there. If you're taking shots on the way in, probably a couple. Yeah, well, if he's Maybe shooting three. at that, if he's shooting at sure. that, and I'm hiding it but behind the walls. A, if, like that. if you have a cannon in a VC army, it's either the terror geist or the but black see, coach. But once I go ethereal, knights. Once uh, the skull cannon, different. Because it's magical flaming. It's magical right. flaming. But I've still got a ward safe because it's, it's firing at me. It's like I got a two plus ward or a four up ward against it. Yeah. You know, and so, yes, the skull can is a little more difficult. In fact, I probably put that uh, as number two and the iron blaster as number three because once it becomes ethereal flying, yeah, iron, go shoot at it all you want, iron blaster. You're right. wasting your shots. Right. He's not right. going to shoot at me. Yeah. I can. I, I think it can take it out. I love the. I love the. You haven't been fielding it lately. Well, no, because I, I, I rarely see. I, Alex doesn't really field one. No, I, because you've got a long the, time. Because you're fielding the terrorgeist, and you're at a points premium. Because you need. Mm. The problem is once again, you're spending twenty five percent of your points in mm-hmm. basically chaff mm-hmm. because your core is suck. Right. You're spending almost twenty five percent of your points in. Lords and heroes, if not more. Sure. I mean, my average list has like on a on a, a ton. It's all about the characters. On a twenty four hundred point list, I got about eight hundred points of characters. Yeah, it's all about the characters. So there's fourteen hundred points of my twenty four hundred points <laughs> right. are in crap core and characters. Right. So if you want to take a terrorgeist, which 
does a lot of cool things. 225 points? Yeah, then you're not taking the 200-point black coach because you right. need as much points. After all that, you got to have you still got to have something to put into your specials to get your night bus or your pretty pretty, pretty, beefy at, uh, pretty expensive at 195 points. It is an expensive, but it's it's got every so save in the book. And yeah. once it, the only problem I've ever had with it, and even then it didn't necessarily. Oh, the one time it did die was when you roll either really crap magic faces, <laughs> or you just roll them up and you're getting no, no sixes. sixes. It's just right. like oh, it's not yeah. charging. It's but even the then, it's still a good. It's still a good chariot. It's it's a really quality chariot. So. Interesting. Just for the record, you talk about chariots that don't behave and act like normal chariots, right? The Chaos War Shrine does not have swift stride. It's not do impact hits. So, uh, yeah, it's another one that the War Shrine I didn't pick. It's another because one. Of, it's not a conventional no chariot. No one is picking that to go slam it into the side <laughs> right. of a unit. For the impact hits. Exactly. Right. They're picking it for Demon they're, Princes. They're picking it exactly to, yeah, to, to make Demon Princes and to give bonuses to their mm-hmm. characters. So and yeah, that was when the, that even might have made the list. Maybe that that might have in fact the war shrine might have replaced the, the the goblin chariot. I might have gone. Oh, with, you got to keep the goblin chariot in there. Uh, but the war, like I said, no, no, no. You keep the goblin chariot. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. In there. I'm sorry. I did. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I'll take out the. I'll take out. The, well, I'd rather have the mortis engine. But I mean, for the VC, the mortis engine works really well. So it's got the scream. Uh, yeah, but the thing the, again, the scream so vulnerable the to cannons. Well, yeah, but isn't the so is the war shrine, isn't it? Uh, and I've got a four of regen. If it's not a flaming can, well, the skull cannon is flaming, but the the war shrine's a four up armor, four up ward. Oh, oh, so it's the same as the as the black coach then. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, but it's, it's toughness five. Okay, I've it's got a five up armor, five up regen that becomes a four up regen as soon as it gets its pulse off. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not as good, but it's it's right. good. So those are that's some pretty cool, some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, good list. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was wondering if my my take because I, I, that's why I didn't mention to you that I was doing that, that I was keeping it because I was. I, had I, a, I certainly like that. I had a feeling our list would be the same, and I knew if we discussed it beforehand, we would either agree to either both do it or not. Do, you know? Right, right, right. So I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to go this way because, yeah. like I said, if I didn't, yeah, then I would have the skull cannon would have been on it, the right, iron blast right. would have been on it, the mortise engine would have been on it. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, no, I don't want to keep those. I almost like the black coach. I was like, well, it does charge up. That's kind of gimmicky, but actually, it starts off. It's a chariot, and right. it stays a chariot. It just gets more powerful gets as the game goes on. Gets more better. More, more better. So. <laughs> All right, well, um, let's take a break, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll come back. Uh, we'll have Alex on, Nikotenko. We're going to okay. talk a little bit about our uh, time for our Adepticon primer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much you want to d- divulge of your list before we go to Adepticon. I'm happy to. T- I mean, it's it's I I posted it on the internet. Right, and, already, the, and so. the point is, I'm going there. I'm going to play against five people out of 160. The odds that I'm playing against someone who not only listened to this, right, but then if you're really preparing to take on me. You're 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 <laughs> seriously, dude. You're aiming at telling your list around uh, around the guy who came in like in the last ten places last year at Adepticon. But I mean, at the primary, you did pretty well. You had a winning record, so yeah, I did. It was fun. It was good. So yeah. we'll get back. We'll talk with Alex some strategies and what we're planning for Adepticon based off of what we did in the primer, yep. and then wrap the show up. Sounds like a plan.
Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. BattleFoam, protecting your army. The devoted skink priests of the Lord Mazdamundi have been working tirelessly through the aeons, transcribing a glyph of the old ones, once thought to be missing. Now, in the year 2013 of the Imperial Calendar, the true plans of the Old Ones will finally be realized at the Unplugged Grand Tournament. Join us on May 25th and 26th for a weekend of festivities, fun, and fantasy. This 2,500-point Grand Tournament is being held in Hartford, Connecticut, and promises the swankiest gaming tables ever to hit the tournament scene. Period. For full details, check out UnpluggedGamers.com or follow UnpluggedGT on Twitter. Welcome back to the Garage U Tools. We are joined by our good friend Alex Nikotenko. Hey, Alex, how's it going? Hey, guys. Glad to have you on, Alex. Glad uh, to be back. A couple weeks ago, we were at an Adepticon primer mm-hmm. um, at the ru- Chicago Battle Bunker. At the Chicago Battle Bunker, it was run by Alex Gonzalez, who's running it. So, like, people were coming from far and wide, hoping to get a little uh, insight on what the what the scenarios would be, scoop, and then when yeah. it was over, he was basically like, yeah, none of these are them, so <laughs> forget about yeah, it. Yeah, I think we were all hoping to get a little sneak peek on the scenarios, but uh, he didn't allow us that. No, although there were some similarities. There was the, you know, be near a piece of terrain, you know, you can get bonuses for terrain and stuff sure. like that. Well, I was so. looking for particulars. I think everyone was, to be honest. Yeah, but I think that's why there weren't any. Right. You know, he didn't want to give us... We're now on the outside looking in. Yep. But uh, I thought it would be fun if we just each kind of went over our lists, and rather than discuss, well, I mean, we could tell how we did in, you know, the game, but how'd your list go? What are you thinking about as we're going in there? You know, it's just kind of fun to discuss our plans for Adepticon. Sure. Well, why don't we start, uh, you're the guest, Alex, why don't we start with you? Do you, I mean, do you mind talking about your list? You don't have to get too specific if you don't want to. Oh, I don't have a problem with that. All right. I was uh, playing my vampires, which I'm going to be playing for Adepticon. Uh, I had a uh, fighty lord. With uh, strength blade, and uh, I had um, uh, the four plus ward on him. He was level four, and then I had I uh, had him in a big you know horde of ghouls. I had some chaff, obviously a few um, a few units of uh, spirit hosts, uh, a unit of dogs, and uh, two zombie blocks. Then I had a small unit of black knights with two characters in that a BSB and a regular vampire. And then I had one terror guys, one small unit of wire guys, and I think that's it. Okay. Okay. 
And um, what did you take, Chris? Uh, I took Orcs and Goblins. <laughs> so uh, this is the Wurzag list. So Wurzag, of course, I had a Black Orc Lord as my general who had the uh, Enchanted Shield and the Crown of Command. Uh, with that, I had a level 2 uh, Savage Orc Shaman with the Shrunken Head, a level 1 Goblin Shaman with a scroll, and a hero, a Goblin Hero on a wolf with um, the Fear Sword, the Dragon Bane Gem, and the Potion of Strength. So the, quite a few heroes. Um, in my center, I had a horde of Savage Orcs with bows. Oh, I also had my BSB had the, the Poison Banner. Can't forget him. Oh, that's right. Uh, three units of fast cav, two sp- uh, two wolves, one spider, uh, two wolf chariots, individual, two manglers, and then uh, five spear chuckas, two doom divers, and two rock lavas. Okay, <laughs> so, so that's my gun line. Yeah, I faced that. <laughs> <laughs> you had fun, right? Yeah, I did. I, not in the beginning, but uh, once we'll, I, we'll talk about yeah. that. Now, I actually the list I took. To the practice, I'm thinking of changing. So, But here's what I did take. I took a Ghoul King uh, with Red Fury and the Dragon Bane Gem. Mm. So he's got the regular regen, the ward save against flaming, um, and uh, Red Fury. I had a Master Necromancer with a scroll, a 5-up ward. Uh, I had a Vampire BSB, level 2, with... Um, he had the four up ward, red fury, and the warrior bane. So monsters are characters that lose a wound, lose one. Of th- Basically, I gave him a magic weapon. I sure. had five points to spend. I had to give him something. Sure. I gave him that. A uh, couple units of zombies, a unit of skeletons for the necromancer, a big bunker of ghouls for the ghoul king, a unit of fell bats, two units of spirit hosts, uh, a terrorgeist, and then a graveguard uh, horde. horde for the BSB. And they had the uh, banner of the barrows, which does what? It gives plus one to hit to all whites. So the nice. the if I had a white king in there, which I didn't, but he would get it too. But the, all the grave guard get a plus one to hit. Okay. So, um, so you mentioned this list differs from the one, or you're going to change your list? Yeah. Well, I changed it up when I played against you at Grant's house. I changed it up a little bit. Uh, I changed up my characters and stuff. Okay. Um, I'm not. I, I just. I, I don't. I don't know if I felt safe having that necromancer in a skeleton bunker, in the back. Like it was interesting. If, you know, I just. Well, Alex, you're a, a, a VC player. What do you? What would you recommend to David? It all comes down to what type of a game you're looking to have. You have a um, a fighty ghoul king, so you're trying to get him into combat. At the same time, you have the level four bunker behind them to raise things back. I mean, it's a good combo. It's a very common combo. Uh, I mean, the Ghoul King is no joke. He definitely lays down the hurting. Yeah. Yeah, my concern was that, I mean, I couldn't, I mean, to to get two lords into the list, Mm -hmm. he basically had Red Fury and that's it. You know, so, I mean, he is strength five, but I couldn't give him a, you know, a, a, a strength blade or anything like that. Uh, he was able to get Red Fury and a Dragon Bane Gem, so that if someone got re- used Flaming to get rid of his Regen, he still had that. Um, well, here's, here's what you can do there. Now, this is just a suggestion, and it's not for the faint of heart. But what you can do is you can drop the Ward Save on the level 4 uh-huh. and give your Ghoul King the magic weapon. I thought about that, because I really kept him out of combat the whole time. 
Does so that award save against uh, miscasts? Is that no, no. I gave the Master Necromancer the uh, Talisman of Endurance, the five up ward. No, I, know, I understand, but is the award save for protection against when you miscast? No, it's just because he's naked. Otherwise, but if you're not planning on getting him into combat, well, you never plan on it. But people are going to go <laughs> after him. People are going to drop rocks on his head. People are going to shoot at him. Okay. I mean, I suppose I could do that. I mean, that might work. Basically, what I had done when when I played against you, Chris, was I flipped over. I took a. I had a the level two vampire lord, and then I just switched it over and took a uh, a level four, I mean a level two vampire um, BSB, mm-hmm. and a level four vampire lord with the typical, you know, I he had a scroll, the four up ward save, the plus one strength, the dragon bane gem. Okay. I figured I just I don't know I just I I felt safer not having to worry about having that necromancer, and I wasn't wasting, well not wasting, but I wasn't spending 140 points on a skeleton bunker. Well, those are the options. Yeah. Uh, typically, you either have the Ghoul King paired up with a level four because he can't cast worth a damn, right? Or you have the tooled up level four. I mean, it's it's one or the other. They come out to be similar in terms of cost, and it's just a question of which of those two options you know works best with what you're trying to do. Let me ask you this, Alex. Since I, since since we're talking about this, um, the Ghoul King and the Necromancer came out to just about six hundred points. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vampire Lord was five hundred points. So yeah, usually, I, that's about it. He's yeah. usually just over five hundred. So I was actually able to play a little bit with my list. I dropped one or two Graveguard, and I was able to put in a Corpse Cart because I was thinking because like especially with I'm running a Graveguard bunker, I can't grow them past their starting size. So I would just start bringing the corpse card up behind them because then I had the lodestone so I could re-roll that dice for how many I put back. So if I ever did throw the spell and then roll a one, I had a better chance to put them back. Um, I don't know I don't know how you how you feel about the you know the corpse card because I know it moves pretty slow and you wind up having to magic it forward just to get it keep it up with everybody. Right, you have to be cautious where you deploy it. Because it needs to keep up with whatever, you know, usually you have it exactly for the reason that you're stating. So it needs to keep up with whatever it needs to do that for. Obviously, a graveguard block is a great target for that because it moves pretty slowly on its own. So it can keep up with it. So, I mean, the plan is fine. You know, uh, I don't have a problem with it. Cool. Yeah, so basically that's that's what I'm trying to decide between now is do I want to run with the one lord and the corpse cart? Or let the Ghoul King just run wild and have the Necromancer kind of staying behind him to throw throw his buffs on everything. Right. So I, I will say that your, this version of your list is, I think, uh, much more efficient than the one you brought to Adepticon last year. Yeah, I had the the, the last one ha- having the Coven Throne or the Mortis Engine. The Mortis Engine. The Mortis Engine. I had the Mortis Engine. I had uh, Hex Wraiths. Yeah. I had a bunch of different things in it. I still like the Mortis Engine. I really do. Uh, yeah, it, I know. It works well for my play style, but I'm playing more aggressive, I think, this year. But I think in place of that, you have the Horde of uh, Graveguard. Yeah. And that's that's a big difference. Are you, wait, you have a Black Knight bus, right? Alex, you said you had a Black Knight bus? Oh, I have Black Knights. I don't know that that qualifies as a bus. Well, I mean, you got like 10, though, right? I mean, at least 10. Well, it's 8, oh. and then I have two characters in there. Right. See, I use that. I, I've been using that for like almost a year, and I just, they die. I can't keep that <laughs> unit alive. I No matter what I do, it's either people hold all their dispel dice to make sure I don't get to grow that unit back, or I take one move up the field and they drop every 
bit of magic and artillery at that well, one it's, unit. It's the fastest threat and a hard hitting threat. Yeah. In you know, in that army. So that's just I went back I know I went back to Graveguard and people were like, You're taking Graveguard? I mean everybody said that when I pulled wait, you you took Graveguard? Really? Is it that surprising? I guess. I pretty good. Uh, apparently it's 38 the, wounds of guys that well, hit hard. Uh, apparently, once the regen banner disappeared, they became a crap choice. And I'm just like, it's expensive, but... And it fits my playstyle a little more. Moving up the blocks, the, right. you know, the hordes of units. Get into combat. Yeah, it's harder to just take one or two things and, you know, mm-hmm. wipe it out, you know. Right. So, I don't know. I, I, I liked working with it. But so, uh, Alex, how did your uh, how did your games go? How did you how did your list work? How's your list working out for you? It, it worked as expected. I mean, I've used the list before. It's not a new army for me. Uh, in my first game, I played against uh, Dennis Gunia and, and Warriors. Um, I was actually hoping to face some new lists with the new book out, but Dennis's list was pretty much uh, using stuff that you would expect to see in the in the last list. So I think he was still working on some new things. So it was kind of a, a throwback game with with uh, him having mostly the older um, unit types in there. I mean, it was a, it's a fun game for me. I'm not sure that that he necessarily had things go his way. He had some uh, he had some trouble. His his army relies a lot on on magic. He has a level four and a level two that he leans on, and I don't think the winds of magic were particularly um, cooperative in our game. So I think that. You know, lacking the magic, and uh, I had a couple of good things going my way. So, um, you know, the game worked out pretty well for me. In the second game, I played against Andrew and the Tomb Kings. He actually has a very detailed battle report up on IWFB of our game. If anybody wants to go check it out with maps and everything, cool. Uh, but to make the long story short, it was an interesting game. You know, he castled in the corner with his. Um, uh, casket. Uh, he had a little bit of an unusual list. He didn't have any of the skull catapults in there. He had. A, he did have a boatload of archers and uh, quite a bit of magic with uh, Archon the Black as well. So it was. It was an interesting game. Um, I think that you know ultimately I was able to get my units up into uh, into combat against his army and eventually whittle them down and and uh, uh, get through them. And in my final game, I played against Dom Michael and his ogres. Uh, it was a uh, it was a back and forth game. I made one tactical error that uh, I think ultimately cost me. I mean, it was a, it was a four hundred point game at the end, so it was a very close game in his favor. So congratulations to him. Uh, it was a very very tactical game. That, what, what was uh, the you tactical know, error? And my part, what happened was was I had a very iffy charge with my terror geist into uh, you know a whittled down block of uh, lead belchers that he had, and I was. You know, I wasn't sure if I should go and not go. It was just one of those deals where, you know, I just, I was wishy-washy about it. I decided to make the charge, and as expected, it didn't work out the way that I had planned because the terror guys did what he did and then overran into his big block and, and got beaten. So um, it was, you know, having, in retrospect, it was a charge that, I mean, I was I was debating making it to begin with, and... You know, was a poor decision on my part that I believe overall cost me the game. Interesting. Okay. How'd you do? How'd you do, Chris? Uh, first game was against Ed Carpenter's uh, VC list, and he had a very uh, cavalry-heavy, fighty list, um, and a you know, big block of blood knights with, the, with that four-up ward save banner. Yep. Block of uh, ten hex rays, and man, I tell you that that list gave me all sorts of problems. He basically really? uh, hit both cavalry deployed on his left, and they. Rolled up through my center, 
punched all the way through. Uh, eventually, my shooting and magic was able to uh, kick in and, and take out the, the general and the blood knights, but uh, not until turn six. So <laughs> up until then, I was really up against the ropes uh, trying to contain everything. But those blood knights, man, they just put out the hurt. Yeah, if they can get over to you, they're they're no joke. Yeah, that you know that game I had a a perfect flank shot with a, a spear chucka in the flank of his blood knights at short range, ready to go. Roll a one, <laughs> roll a one again. So a possible fifty point kill turned into a thirty five point loss. So Ugh. there you go. Uh, but I, I did eventually win that one. The second game was against Joe Sloboda and his Tomb Kings, and he had a very interesting list. Only um, he had no catapults, uh, the one uh, casket couple big hordes and a couple support units. Um, and with Tomb Kings being as slow an army as they are, I knew uh-huh. I had to slop, stop that uh, that movement augment spell. And uh, once I was able to take out that casket with a rock lava, which up until then was just clearing away my chaff wholesale, once I once I was able to hit that and take that out, uh, I kind of dictated the, ca- the, the pace of that game and was able to shoot enough to eke out a 300-point win. Nice. So that was game two. Game three was against uh, Josh and his Dark Elves. And he had a uh, the unkillable Dreadlord on a dragon. Uh, a couple of blocks. A lot of support elements. Uh, when we saw all the shooting that I had, he kind of castled up in a corner behind a building. And I went right for that dragon. Uh, and the character. Managed to kill the dragon, but not the Lord. The Lord jumped into a block. I'm like, okay, well that's however many points that I'm not going to get. Right. So I focused on uh, all of the support elements. Uh, two units of shades, a couple of assassins, two blocks of uh, crossbows, uh, some harpies, uh, little things like that, and that was enough to uh, eke out a win there as well. Another close game. All all these games that I'm having are coming down to the last turn and are just a few hundred point difference. All right. Well, let's talk about that uh, in a, in a little bit. Let's sure. Let's take a note to talk about that because. That was what that that was my entire bits experience was all of my oh, games. Really? Okay. My 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 widest margin except for my very last game where I had a good victory mm-hmm. was a twelve eight. I mean, okay. You know, I had one game where I played against Greg and I got lucky and I managed to, to really take Greg down and I got a big win. But other than that, it was a twelve eight loss was my biggest loss. And other than that, I mean, you know, it was like a twelve eight win 11 was your nines. biggest win. Yeah. So everything. Well, other than that one Greg uh, game against the fifth game against Greg. I see. But uh, so how would you do? Uh, uh, I played. Uh, yeah, I played against uh, Lauren first. Um, uh, Dennis Gunia's girlfriend, mm-hmm. and uh, she She's had, running Skaven. Right? She was running Skaven, and she was running a little bit of everything Skaven. You know, she didn't have uh, a, a bunch of different. War- she had like you know one of everything. Almost. So one A bomb. One warp lightning cannon. One warp lightning cannon. One uh, uh, the doom wheel. Yeah. She had a Any unit. gunner runners? Um, I think she did. I, I, yeah, she did have a unit of gunner oh. runners. Uh, she had a uh, unit of poisoned wind globadiers. Oh, you don't see those very often. No. Um, she had just lots of little units of, of a lot of different things. Um, and it, it was much more of a fun list to play. Uh, you know, two units of slaves, one unit of clan rats, one unit of uh, um, storm vermin. You know, uh, she did have the... the she have the bell or the furnace? She had the furnace being pushed by the monks. Uh, it was a fun game. I wound up winning that one uh, partially due to luck. Uh, turn two, um, she had one... I think the Warp Lightning Cannon blew up. And both of her wizards, through Irresistible Force, 
So, like, all of her spells were going through irresistible, mm-hmm. but she was taking some damage. She was damaging herself, damaging uh, the wound bell. Wound here, wound there. Wound yeah. here, wound there, picking her own self apart, um, which really sort of weakened her. That doom wheel was coming up the side and about to rip up my whole army, but then it kept misfiring. Once it got right up to me, it was misfiring on the electric bolts. Mm. So that wasn't hurting me. And I managed to just kind of move in, run around, and have my uh, my lord run in and, and sweep up. She actually was pegging the heck out of my unit and got it down really far, but I managed to get off a couple of good regrow spells. And next thing this you know, the ghouls? Yeah. yeah. A couple good regrow spells on the ghouls, and I was back to ready and, and charging in. So that first game was a win. And uh, then I played against um, Florido. Oh, Jeff Florido. Yeah, Jeff Florido yeah. and his dwarfs. Ah, going to take taking some of your own medicine there, huh? How'd that game go? Uh, you walked up at the end and said, what do you think? And I'm like, oh, I hate dwarves. And you were like, shut <laughs> up. Um, that one was, that was almost a comedy of errors. I'm not blaming my dice, but it was like, I didn't have a magic phase over like four dice. Um, it was like, I couldn't roll a poisoned wound to save my, a 40, 40 dice I'm rolling you didn't roll like one poison? I had like I had no no poison wounds. Well, you got to try harder. Oh, I know. I got to roll better. Yeah. Um, it was it was one of those types of things where you know all of his all of his stuff, and I did take his first two turns of all of his war machines to take out the terror geist. Oh, um, it, it took two turns. Yes, like he just kept shooting, and he would do either he would uh, goblins mit- will do it in one. Either he would miss, or he would. Well, yeah, he also had a lot more war machines. <laughs> I'm just saying. But uh, he had just castled up in a corner, and it was just all I could do. I was just running at him, you know. Right. And then it was like, you know, I'm the only one in our group who plays dwarves, and I haven't played them in a while, and I forgot just how good they are at stopping. You know, I'm like, okay, poof, scroll. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, the rune of, okay. So then I get, oh, another one, really. You know, right, like, right. Literally, the only time, like, I think I had one decent magic phase. And that that really hurts you, because all the while he's stopping your magic, he's shooting you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was it was brutal. Yeah. I, I I came off. I I I got in there and started finally near the end. Started getting some combat in, but just couldn't do it. He Wasn't just enough. he just took me apart. So did I you, sounds like you lost that game. I lost that uh, one pretty okay. bad. And then uh, my final game, I played against Ed as well, Ed Carpenter. Okay, and a little um, VC on VC, a little huh? VC against VC. And I did I did get a little luck there. First turn, I managed to get a good fireball in and take out half of his hex wraiths. Ouch! Um, then they 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 ran through and and took out some of. You know, some of my little chaff that I had in front of him. Mm-hmm. But it was in a good position. I got off a really good charge. Boom. Got him in the flank. And basically static combat resed him out. Nice. Um, that last scenario was Blood and Glory. And Ed only had the BSB, the General, and one banner. So he so had four. So once I got him so down to... Okay. So if you get one yeah. point, he, he's And uh, so basically I... Uh, I threw my uh, I, either my graveguard or my ghouls. I don't remember which into his. I think it was the 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 ghouls into his uh, blood knights, figuring I, I can take some of the. I got enough attacks where he's going to flub some rolls with your ghoul king. Yeah, and uh, I managed to take out one of the guys. That was a pretty. That was a a, a quick win in, in my favor, but. The, the scenario itself worked against him because he just didn't have enough banners. Well, that's an important thing to keep in mind. Alex Gonzalez likes to kind of spread his scenarios out and kind of include a little bit of everything. Yeah. Watchtower. There's almost always a, a Blood, Blood and Glory, Glory scenario yeah. in there, too. It keeps you honest. Precisely. I, that's why I like seeing Blood and Glory in, in tournaments. I know some people don't. It keeps you honest. you got to make sure you got some banners. you got to... Mm-hmm. 
if if you mix up those scenarios, as, you know, with the exception of the the one that goes the other way, the battle of the past. Sure. The other ones, if if you know you're going to be a mix of those, you got to take a balanced list. So, what are your thoughts on that, Alex? On, on Alex's tendency to spread the field on his scenarios? I think Alex uh, has excellent scenarios for Adepticon. I think they're very fair, and also keep in mind that. Um, there's a major difference in scoring between like a bit system, which is the zero twenty system, and the system that Alex is using and has been for years, which is the fifteen ten five. You don't have to table your opponent. You know, you're not necessarily looking for huge wins. You got to win at over a hundred points, and then you got to focus on the battle objectives and the other objectives. If if um, you know, if you're always looking for those huge wins then, yeah, maybe some of those scenarios are going to come back and bite you. You know, you've got to stay cognizant of what the game is really calling for. Especially uh, as the rankings come in, the, you know, the very top players, they're they're only separated by a point or two. So every last point counts. You always got to know where you are. Yeah, yeah because and that, that, that I'm not certain which I like more. Like, I, we always play the 20 nil. Even when we play in our campaign games, we play the 20 nil because I like... I like the whole, you know, I mean, when we first started playing, we would play, I would play in tournaments, it would be the win-loss draw, mm. but it would just kind of frustrate me that someone would come in, get a few points, and then hide. And then win the game. Yeah. You know, for the win. And then it's, I like the fact that you had to engage the whole game if you wanted to really get some points. Um, but so that win-loss draw, you know, it's like for those armies that have a little trouble, you know, Mm-hmm. Especially, I know what was it? I was you know uh, I could take my VC up against uh, I've I've gone up against some you know bi- you know he- monster heavy uh, armies you know they got a lot of toughness sure. seven toughness eight stuff and I just have to, I had trouble killing them I mean hell I went up against Conzi's uh, you know three uh, three war sphinx list and I just kept whipping with my vampire and even though all the other guys were hitting they couldn't kill it and so do you think the twenty nil system encourages um, harder play, and by the same token, the win-loss draw kind of says you don't have to play as hard, you don't have to table your opponent to Alex's point, so leads to potentially softer lists, softer, you know, all-around play? I, I don't know. I don't know if it leads to softer lists, because um, I've seen some pretty damn hard lists in some of these things. Well, I think my, my point is with the twenty zero system, you're encouraged to... Play harder and, and maximize. You know, it's a point grab. Try right. to get every you single. Want to get can. all the points you can. I I, I kind of think so. I mean, I don't know if if the if the fifty if the win loss draw scenario encourages you to take it easy. But I know. I mean, if if all you're looking at is the points, you know, I'm going to go for those secondary and tertiary objectives, mm-hmm. grab those, and then you know, win by a hundred. Yeah, try to kill your chaff and then not lose stuff. Right. So I don't know. Maybe it's a little gamier, I guess. Then I, mean, I don't know if that's more strategy, though. Then what do you think, Alex? I think that the zero twenty situation is very heavily dependent on matchup. There are some armies that you just cannot, with the, whatever you're fielding, you just cannot break that far down. It's just a matchup thing. So I. I mean, I like it. I mean, I think it really separates the field and it makes you go after every single point possible. It certainly makes for very hot-fought games all the way through the turns. But I also like to have the flexibility when I see an army across from me that I know I'm probably not going to be able to table to just pick my spots where I know I can get my points 
and then stay out of the bad matchups knowing that all I need is 100-plus points to win the game. I don't have to reduce some of those very bad matchups. I don't have to take those iffy combats, the ones that I'm looking at and going, you know, it could go either way, but otherwise I'm just going to have one of those, you know, 12, 8, 11, 9 type results, which are really not that great either. So you have more strategic options for what you can do with your opponent. You don't always have to go for the go for the throat. Correct. I mean, that's a valid point. Um, I guess it depends on how, how you like to play Warhammer, too. Well, we're talking about tournament play here. I mean, if, right, if, right, if you're right. talking about you know casual games, that's a whole different ballgame. Well, I mean, even in a tournament. I mean, you know, if, if you're, you know, I mean, I want to have fun at a tournament as well as do well. Of course. And um, that's actually an interesting point because um, one of the games, some of the feedback that I got was while my opponent enjoyed playing against me as a person, they felt that... Uh, the game that we had was the most boring game we had ever played, and I, I don't know if I should be offended by that or if I should if I should I care. Uh, you know, the, to me, the objective seems to be to win. Bring your best, especially at a tournament where you're, you're both competing. You both bring your best with the intention to win. That's what makes it fun. Well, your uh, I mean, your army is pretty heavily into shooting, right, Chris? So shooting magic, correct? You you face those types of lists yourself. Yes, it's it's. It's one of those things where, I mean, gun lines are not a new concept, you know, they've been around for a long time. So when you face an army like that, you have to be able to weather the early storm. You got to hang in there until you have your your chances to get there and and do what you need to do. So uh, for some players, that's not necessarily an enjoyable first couple turns. I mean, I kind of look at the game as a whole, and I know that when I come up against an army like that, Chances are, first couple turns, I'm going to take some licks. So I just got to be looking forward to what's going to happen later and not get down early on. I think it, a lot of it has to do with mindset. At least that's my opinion on it. I would agree because, David, you, the game that you and I played after the primer, that's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. All right. Uh, you know what? Let's, let's, before we move on, let's take a quick little break. And um, when we come back, we'll, we'll pick up the conversation right here where we left. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Hey folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mears Miniatures at MearsMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish-level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com. And seriously, guys, you'll be glad you did. Hey, guys, if you're the type of person who would rather have oral surgery than put a brush to a model, then let me suggest 
Guild Painting Services. They're a professional painting service that pride themselves on having customer interaction like going to a local commission painter, but having the quality and speed of a large studio. They build, paint, and convert miniatures for all game systems. They're competitively priced, and if you want to talk quality, go to guildpainting.com and check out the quality of the miniatures that they've got on display. If you're a person who likes to have a beautifully painted army on the table, but doesn't have either the time, desire, or ability to bring it to that standard, you can trust your models to the guys at Guild Painting Services at guildpainting.com. You'll be glad you checked them out. Back to the garage, you tools. Okay, uh, we're back here. Uh, me and Chris and Alex. Alex, welcome back. Thank you. Let me ask you this, Alex. I think what it kind of comes down to is, I mean, sometimes I, you know, I do listen to a lot of podcasts and I hear a lot of people say it, and especially with dwarves, I hate playing dwarves. They're the most boring army to play against. They won't engage. All they do is shell you. Um, I think I said that. I mean, a lot of people say that, though. I mean, you're not the only one who says it. I mean, people. In fact, but I, especially when I was playing against Christopher and his dark elves, it was just. Dwarves versus Dark Elves every game for, you know, eight, nine months, um, I wouldn't take a gun line. Like, I would take a few. I would take some because you need to have some artillery if you're a dwarf. But I would never go with a hard, heavy gun line because I knew it wouldn't be a fun game for him, even though I knew that that was probably my most efficient but and easy way game. to win. Casual, casual game, game. So, But my question is, is that something you really... I mean, I don't know, Alex. Do you think people should consider... Like, okay... Chris has we already got seven war machines. I have uh, only nine. Oh, nine war machines. Yeah. So only nine. It's below the max. Ten okay. is the max. Well, I'm just saying you had seven. So you have more than what I thought. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to word this. I'm not. You know, obviously you can take whatever you want. But do you think there's a, a point where I don't know where maybe someone should say, well, maybe I shouldn't take this because. Take your, it's to really, take your opponent's fun factor in consideration. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Do you do you take that into consideration at all, Alex? When you're working on lists, or do you think a player should take that into account? I mean, you don't want to get knocked on sportsmanship just because you have a list. But I mean, hopefully that that won't happen. I mean, I guess. Well, Dave, let me let me ask you a question in turn before I answer yours. Uh, you played Chris recently with that list, correct? Yes. How'd you do? Um, it was was it a draw? It was a draw. It was a draw. Okay. So, you 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 faced that list. It was obviously a tight game. Probably some back and forth. Did you play your VC? Yes, and uh, I'll tell you this: the first two turns, I basically sat in the chair next to the table and took models off the table. And then on my turn, I pushed forward as hard as I could. Right. And then I just sat down and let him roll his dice and take things off the table. Um, you know, in the first shooting phase. Two spear chuckas took off the terrorgeist. At that moment, <laughs> you like the wind really came out of your sails, and I thought, "Uh oh." I did. I kind of looked. He, he's a, no longer in it. After turn two, I did look at you and said, "If you ever complain about a dwarf and gun line to me again, I will jump over the table and <laughs> throttle you." <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. But so you you were off to a rough start, as you would expect against the gun line, and then and I just ran forward as hard as hardcore as I could. Right. And so eventually you got there and you started getting some of your licks, you know, licks in and started getting the points back. And by the end of the game, you did enough to get to a draw. Yeah, and I'll say so, by, 
by turn three, it was a fun game. Like, okay. whether winning or losing, I felt involved. I think that's the problem most people have. Is I think the, the extreme in the emotions, going from, oh, my gosh, I'm getting my butt handed to me, to, oh, I might actually win this. To me, that range of emotions is fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was exciting. It was exciting. I mean, it was down to literally the placement of that last model in the unit where he was and could he see this last thing and get a charge off to possibly get a victory. Right. So and, it was and that exciting. game ended up being like a 30 or 40 point difference. So, it was tight. So, the, so the answer to your question, I think, for me is, do I take my opponent's enjoyment of the game into account when I'm creating a list? Yeah, uh, or should think, you even, you know? Uh, the answer, I think, lies in, and again, we're talking about strictly tournament Warhammer here. Right, right. Um, in a tournament setting, the rules of the tournament, to me, dictate the overall ambiance of the tournament, if you will. So, like, for example, uh, Bits has a small uh, component for, um, you know, army... Um, Composition scoring. Composition scoring. Yeah. Okay, so it's a small component. It's not a huge component, but it is there. So what they're letting you know with that rule is, is hey, you know, we're not necessarily looking for the absolute most min-max lists here. You know, give give your opponent a chance to score you high by bringing something maybe competitive, but not the absolute min-max list it possibly can be. Right. So that's that rule. Now, the opposite of that, for example, is Adepticon which, uh, unlike Bits, allows you to bring special characters, has no composition scoring, and even in the sports scoring, they typically put a disclaimer on the sports sheet, if you've seen this, that says, make sure you're ranking your opponent, not his army. Right. So so basically what they're telling you is, is if it's a legal army, that's what you're bringing, okay? And sportsmanship is your opponent's play against you, not his army. So, I mean, it, it's telling you the flavor of what you can expect. If you show up to Adepticon with a soft, fluffy list, which you certainly can, but you can expect some really tough matchups. If you show up with a reasonable list of bits, you're likely still going to face some tough matchups, but you know that you will have the opportunity to let your opponent know that, hey, you know, this list is really min-maxed, and I think that, you know, it's not the softest thing I've ever seen. So... Those are the factors that I consider. What are the tournament organizers telling us as participants they want to see at the event? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because I know, Chris, you were concerned because I know you, you had said when you took that list over to the primer, you got told you it was fun to play with you, but that was like the worst game he'd ever had. Well, I don't think anyone wants to hear that necessarily, yeah. but at the same time, I, I don't know if that should if I should let that affect... My approach to the game, to this tournament, and to my list—I I don't think, uh, to be honest, in the, in the end, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think it really affects I, my outlook. I really have trouble with this, though, and I think part of it is because I played this game for three years at least before ever going to a so tournament. You, you would take a lot of offense if someone said that to you. I, I well, I, well, you know me. I'm a peacemaker. I'm sort of. I try to be conciliatory. You know, I make jokes and stuff, but. I would never want anyone to think I was playing, you know, uh, I just I wouldn't want to, my opponent to have a bad time. But I think be, because we played down here in the crypt, me, Harrison, and Christopher, for literally three years mm -hmm. before we ever went, I ever went to anything close to a tournament, 
And then I just got destroyed. It was the UGG was the first tournament. Totally oh, got right. destroyed. Uh, did well at the at Corcom. Core and I think I was kind of lucky because it was right after 8th edition had come out and everyone was everyone trying new stuff, sure. you know. Um, but I, I always I, I had always played with the don't go overboard because I remember the one time I did take a really big gun line. I was playing against Chris. It was the first time I was getting a big win, and he was going to concede. I'm like, well, let's let's finish it out and play it because I want to see how well this list does. And he basically looked at me and goes, dude, he's like, my whole army's running. He's like, do you just really want to kick my face, or can we re-rack them and play another game? And it was just like I realized that even though he's having fun playing, it was just no fun. And it's always – for me, it's always been back there. I've never taken – a hardcore list to any tournament, you know that I've. Well, you actually struggled with this a little bit because I know before the primer you were kind of torn. You know, you want to have fun, but you also wanted to do well and, and play better. Yeah, I mean, I did pretty well with my dwarves two years ago at Adepticon. I didn't think it was a hard list, but it was a solid list. You know, and I did okay. I came in about I think I was about in the fifty eighth percent. I was in okay. the bottom half, but near the middle. Mid, yeah, middle. And tier. literally came in in the bottom ten. Last year, and the fact you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be a whiner. I don't expect to win. Like I'm going to play my best. But you want like to compete. To you want to compete. Yeah. The I mean, sitting at the bottom tables, basically from the start of the tournament and just staying there and getting your teeth kicked in. Spending two days getting your teeth kicked in is no fun for anybody. You know. <laughs> I mean, right. Well, I think that's why you have to, in a competition setting, especially like Adepticon, bring your hardest, bring your best, compete against their hardest and their best. Yeah, you I know, mean, you, and, you and compete, I you, you know, it's like a what, gladiatorial experience, and that's, and that's what, what makes it fun. That's what I'm thinking of doing. Would you agree with that, Alex? That, like you said, be, since it's a tournament, it's it's really not, you know, the gloves come off. If you if you insist on knowing that it's a tough competitive event, and you are likely to face top armies, knowing that going in, if you bring a softer, fluffier list. You have to be prepared to have your butt handed to you, and you have to be okay with that. And if you're not okay with it, don't break that kind of list because you're not going to have a great experience. I, I think that's the lesson I learned is I, I, I really – I mean, I didn't want to be – I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. I think thing with you, uh, you, you're, you kind of have to bring a knife to a knife fight, but you don't want to stab anyone. I think that's your <laughs> conflict. <laughs> Well, but just because, here's the thing, and this is the part that I think a lot of people misunderstand. Just because you have a tough list and you're having success against your opponent, that doesn't mean you have to make that experience miserable for your opponent, especially in a 15-10-5 environment. Okay, you don't have to table him to win the game. That okay? is true. You really don't. You, If you feel the matchup is going against them, and the guy or gal that you're playing against is having, you know, a tough time adjusting to the fact that they are likely going to lose the game, well, you don't necessarily have to rub salt in the wounds, right? I mean, you can you can talk about the game, take your foot off the gas a little bit. I mean, that to me is the sign of not just a great general, which there are many, but a great opponent and a great player is that, you can still play those competitive games, win your games, but at the same time make sure that your opponent doesn't feel like you've basically just demoralized them for no good reason other than you wanted to win by more. Because there's no benefit to winning by more. Whether you win by 600 or 6,000 makes no difference whatsoever. Yeah, at least not Yeah, not at Adepticon. Right. Not at Adepticon, right. Yeah. 
I guess that's true. I mean, you know, I, uh, I mean, I'm a person who I would, you know, I think honestly, I mean, you know, winning the whole thing is nice, but if I had to pick something I'd really like to win, like I, I don't know that I could, you know, I don't know how much my painting skills can get better to win the painting. I'd love to win a best sportsman, and I think that's part of it. Is I, I, I'm always, I'm always taking that into a factor, and I think that's, that's, that's tempered my lists basically in a way that well, has tempered me. That's a gray line, though. If to temper your lists and with the objective of winning best sports, you're blurring two lines. Well, that's not the objective lines. of winning best sports, but, but I, mean, but I don't, I don't lot, want though. someone to... Well, and that's the thing. You don't want someone to be like, well, you're, you took this filth and you're a jackhole. And I, I always... You know, you try to be friendly and you try to right, be nice, right. you know. I don't know. I just... For me, it, it's a weird thing. I'm not... I, I guess I'm not... I'm really much more of a casual, fluffy player than a tournament player. And it... it as much as I enjoy going to these things and seeing everybody and playing and the social aspect, it, it, it causes me a little duress, I guess, you know. Sure. Well, it's not for everyone. But have you but have you laid it out there, Dave? Have you brought your best list, meaning no holds barred, just put together your best list, the list you think is the absolute best list for your play style, and then go out there and play your best game. Have a strategy going in, adjust your tactics during the game, and just play your best game. If you do that, win, lose, or draw, I guarantee you, you're going to have a great time. Well, and that's that's my plan this year. Um, and I've actually, i, I got to say, and I know Alex always rolls his eyes when I talk like this, but between you, Chris, and Alex, I really, I've, I've become a, well, a better painter and a better player. Oh, you good. know, I mean, I get impulsive, you know, like I said, because I play in the basin. We have fun. Sure. So, I mean, one of the things Alex always points out is like, why the hell did you attack me there? I'm like, because you were there. He's like, well, what are you thinking about? <laughs> you know, I'm winning the game and I make a stupid charge because, well, there's still a turn left and he's got guys on the table and I suppose I should try to get rid so of you, them. you guys have to do something? Right. Is that, is that you know, the idea? It's, yeah. it's almost, you know, and I've, I've really learned that. Like Alex pointed out, he's like, it's six turns, Dave. You've got six turns. By turn two, you should have turns three through six kind of planned out, mm. you know, it, 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 with, it, you know, basically, you know, uh, all things being equal and you're not having a, amazingly horrible dice and everything crumble o- around you, you should have this planned out. And I really started doing that. I've really started looking, you know, the, in a certain way. And I put them out that way every game because that's how it's set up. And these guys are in this because especially with vampires, you got your little circles of power you have to kind of right. keep. And uh, this is what I'm doing and I don't make any adjustments for what's over there. And now I've added a little more chaff, a couple more chaff units, and 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 cut down a, a little bit on the numbers in my in my hordes, so that I can see where things are, so that it, I can deploy make, appropriately. Exactly, yeah. make those picks. Especially, like I said, I'm taking. I've got a big horde of ghouls and a horde of graveguard, so I've got two decent hitters. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I'm finding with the gun line, mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. I have a preset plan, and I stick by that every time. It's well, not so much matchup dependent in the deployment phase because well, I'm just shooting. Well, oh, plus you've got all the shooting, and then you have one big horde of. I mean, you had what? You had a horde of the uh, savage orcs with right. almost all the characters in it, yep. and the chaff can go kind of anywhere you want it to go. And they're so fast. They yeah, so it doesn't. Yeah. Yours doesn't matter. I've got to keep them in a certain way, but now I've added a little more chaff, so it's like, well, I can move these few things around and at least try to put them. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you know if I need someone, you know, like. Uh, I was playing against one of the units, and it was like, well, I'm not going to be able to killing blow these guys at all because they're too big or it's like this. So I'll, I'll make sure my graveguard try to pick a different battle just to get the benefit of that. Sure. 
So I've, I've, I've been playing much more tactically. I'm hoping this year at Adepticon, the stuff we have done since last year, the, uh, the games we've played mm. and the stuff I've learned, I mean, the proof will be in the pudding. We'll see. I mean, we I can't see, do much worse, but I'd like to, you know, if I can get back to where I was with my dwarfs or even maybe a little better with, with this VC, I think it'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm just ha- going to be happy to be able to play all of the games that uh, the tournament calls for. We're not having another baby, so... Uh, I should be able to. Stick you were around. doing so well too. You were way up near the top. Uh, I, I was doing. Yeah, I was pretty happy with where I but, was uh, at. But Chris, don't let him fool you. Chris is at the top of his game right now. He didn't mention it earlier. He thought I'd let it slide, but now we're going to say it. Chris did win the Adepticon Primary event. I squeaked by by uh, I think a two points margin. Uh, for the record, Dom came in second with his ogres, and yep. I think Brad Relian uh, came in third with his Warriors of Chaos. And then Alex was fourth, like I think just a point behind. Is that right? Were you fourth, you fourth, Alex? I have no idea. Yeah, you were. I was eighth out of 18. Okay. I came in eighth. I was Once again, I'm middle of the pack. I just, I, I, don't, I'm a, I don't know how I always wind up. Well, actually, I know how I wound up there because that second game, I practically got tabled by the dwarves, so I couldn't even sure, take objectives. Right, right. So I got nothing. I pro- In fact, had I, in fact, I looked at the scores afterwards. Had I been able to hold back a little bit, had the dwarves not been giving me such a shellacking, if I could have just taken a couple of objective points, I could have jumped up. Literally, I was only about, there was like a three-way tie above me with only two points. If I could have gotten three points more, I would have been right behind Alex in fifth. Right. And it would have been a three-way tie for sixth then behind You know, me. that's an intriguing matchup because uh, I'm sure as VC players, a gun line is a matchup that you guys do not want to face. But at the same time, if you're running a gun line, a VC is really not what you want to be shooting at because you can raise stuff and there's a lot of ethereals and. Well, it's just with uh, with me, it's just how fast can I get over there, and that's that becomes the right. whole thing. It's just throwing that stuff out there and getting over there. Mm. But um, I don't know. I, I I I'm excited about my list. Like I said, I've never been able to make the. I mean, I, you can use the Black Knights, and I've used them, and they've they've worked out well at times. But I just find even at the. Uh, when we did the Civil War, it was like, poof, I had I had 10 plus two characters, and now I have one, you know, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I you think, know? A- Alex, you were kind of uh, voicing that same opinion. They are fragile, and they do um, draw a lot of attention. Um, uh, I'm okay with that because I can usually utilize that attention to my advantage with other units. But very important, and this is something that I mentioned to you before, Dave, you got to have confidence in your list. If there are aspects of it that you're not comfortable with, you really shouldn't go that route because you're not going to use them properly. Um, Black Knights, you have to be aggressive with, and they're going to take some poundings, and in some games, they're going to fall down for you. So if if you're not prepared to do that, then you're going to be tentative with them, and if that happens, then they're for sure going to fall down. Yeah, I mean, I was throwing him into stuff, but it was just like literally three games in a row where my opponent just didn't let him get there. Like, I'm flying up as fast as I can, but it was like magic, magic, shooting, shooting, everything at these guys. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great that they're not shooting at my other stuff, but this is my hard-hitting unit. Then I got a bunch of skeletons, zombies, and right, ghouls. And it's like, uh-huh. um, I'll tell you what uh, I have the worst trouble with right now is that terror geist. I just keep taking it. And it's just, and you just keep on taking it off. <laughs> yeah, I take it and by turn to it, take it off. Okay, I mean it's great. It's a it's a missile magnet. Yeah. So you're not shooting at my other stuff, so I can grow it. And by the time you turn around from the terror guys, my 25 zombies are 70, and you're just like, well, crap. I'm not getting any more points this game from them. 
Uh, in fact, that's basically how I had it, got you to a draw. You picked off the couple of units of bats, the couple of units of the unit of dogs, right. and the terror guys. And by the time you turned around, it was like, "Hello." Yeah. Um, but that's why I switched over to Graveguard. In fact, my Graveguard unit costs way more than than the Black Knight unit cost. But it's I think it, that's a good choice because that that unit is much more resilient. I think it's easier to use and keep alive. Yeah, I can bring I can bring back more stuff. You know, I can bring I could potentially bring back, especially with two casters, mm-hmm. I could potentially bring back like sixteen models in a, in a turn with some magic. Right. Um, so, Alex, how do you go about keeping your uh, Terrorgeist alive, or can you? Uh, well, I mean, if somebody's determined to get rid of it and they have a ton of shooting, there's really not much I can do. But if they're shooting at the Terrorgeist, they're not shooting at my Black Knights. There are not many armies, yours notwithstanding, that have so much shooting that they can actually reduce both targets right away because both of them move quickly. Right. So... I try to get them in the position where they need to go. Chances on one or the other will be eliminated, but the other one will be able to actually get there. That was actually something that I wanted to mention when Dave was speaking, is that now that he's got rid of his Black Knights, his Terror Geist may be a liability. Do you think maybe I should think consider dropping it for something else? I don't know. It's something to think about. That Terror Geist is too obvious of a target for for any shooting attacks. There's really nothing else in your army that's going to get whittled down by anything else. So basically, Terrorgeist is a guaranteed target. That's If I was playing any kind of shooting army facing that list, that would be my, by far, number one no-brainer priority. Would you consider uh, dropping the Terrorgeist and replacing it with the Black Coach? The Black Coach could work. I'd have to get it done in time. Sure, hobby side notwithstanding, it's uh, it's pretty resilient. Yeah, and I was just saying on the kind beginning of, of the show how much I like of, yeah. it. What do you think, Alex? For my uh, list with the Grave Guard and the uh, the Horde of Grave Guard, Horde of Ghouls, Chaff, and then some zombies. I'm not I'm not a fan of the Black Coach. Really, I think it's it's incredibly situational. There are some games when it's okay, and there are other games when it does absolutely nothing. Hmm. I don't I don't like. I don't like units that are limited in usability, if, if you understand what I mean. It, it, it has a very narrow purpose. Oh, okay. And depending on, and depending on how the wind of magic randomization goes will determine how fast it'll become more powerful or not, which is also not something you can rely on because first you gotta have a big winds of magic and then you have to throw a lot of sixes in order to get it to charge up. So, if that's going against you, what's it doing? That's, you see, we were talking earlier on the show, talking about our favorite chariots, and I had that up. Chris had that as his number five, and I had that at my number one um, because I really like it just as. How, how many chariots were your, your favorite chariots list? Is our top, top five. five. Okay. It wouldn't be in my top five for chariots for sure. Uh, but I actually just, yeah, I mean, when you listen to the episode, you'll hear it because it was earlier, but I didn't keep anything that was like, you know, like half chariot, half cannon, or half some, half this, half something else. I literally took pure chariots. You wanted the classic chariot. I wanted the classic chariot idea. Like I said, I really, I like it because it's vampiric. I could keep it wherever it wants. I could move it around. Well, let me I could ask use you it this. to take out chaff. Yeah. It, with, with the Terrorgeist, are you, the, are you having it there to leverage the screen or to draw fire, both? Well, I mean, what's, what's the purpose that you want it to have? Well, I mean, the scream is a really good thing if you can keep it from taking wounds. I mean, that's you know, that's part of the point of having it. I mean, that's like right, sort sure. of its, its money deal. Yeah. Um, but it is. It's going to take. It's going to take shots. People are going to shoot at it. So, I mean, 
it is a pretty, it, you know, with the exception of it, it having almost no save, it's a pretty decent all-around unit, you know. Um, it does scare people. It does draw their attention. It does make them focus there, which means I can get my Grave Guard and all my other crap, which has almost no armor save. Up I can get that up to there before they're going to shoot at that. Um, and what is yours? I mean, what is your main purpose for your Terrorgeist, Alex? I my Terrorgeist is there to balance out the army uh, in terms of handling some high armored stuff that vampires don't necessarily have a lot of answer for outside of the Lord, and also uh, it can in situational you know areas. It can remove chaff that's really in my way because we don't have any small arms fire either. So there are there are uses for it in various scenarios depending on who I'm facing, but it's incredibly vulnerable. And when you look at the top armies that are likely going to be, you know, well represented, shall we say, at events this year, you're looking at ogres, you're looking at a warriors of chaos list, you're looking at demon lists. These armies all have very very effective shooting. And those terror guys are going to, you know, fall like dominoes if that's the primary target. Well, then let me ask you this. Let's do the, the first list analysis, asking Alex for help. <laughs> so, okay, I dropped my terror guys. What do I put in? What would you put in if you had my list? I said a uh, couple units of bats, a couple spirit hosts, a horde of graveguard, two zombies, a uh, horde of ghouls, a couple of vampires, and possibly a corpse cart behind it. Uh, you drop the terror guys. What do you put in? Um, there's there's one of two ways you can go. You can you can either replace. You got 225 points for the terror guys. Yep. You can you can replace it with a unit of um, four of our guys, but you would have to be extremely patient with that unit. What you would need to do is you would need to move the rest of your army forward. Hold the Vargas back. The way I use them, and this is, you know, a typical uh, uh, scenario with a uh, frenzied unit for me, I deploy them backwards. I do that so that they don't have to pass their Leadership 7 test and then have to make a stupid charge and run around. I learned that from you. I've been doing the same thing, deploying them backwards. Correct. So I deploy them backwards, and then in a scenario like what you're describing, because the rest of your blocks are slow-moving, but they are going to be very resilient in combat, what will happen is, is you just got to wait. So you move your units forward until they engage. Once you get them engaged, that's when the Vargas are extremely effective. You can then fly them up a flank and just basically domino the the battlefield with them. But again, you got to be patient. If you, if you push them forward too quickly, they will become separated from the army as, you know, they have substantially different movement rates. So you got to be cautious. You, your, your entire army, if you remove the, the terror guys, which is the other problem with the terror guys in your army, is that, again, it's just out there on its own if you push it forward too quickly. Right. And if you're moving it forward at the pace of your army, it's the perfect unit to get shot at. Whereas the guys, they have many more unit, uh, many more wounds. They're skirmishers, so they're tough to shoot at with ballistic weapons. It's... It's a unit that I think has a higher survivability chance than a Terrorgeist does, which is an absolutely must target. Mm-hmm. So okay. that that would be something that, that you could look at. Uh, another possibility is 
you could uh, you could throw in a nice you know a very nice size block of uh, crypt horrors. Um, they could they would move at the same pace as the rest of your army, and they could hold down a flank all by themselves. Okay, not, not as hard hitting though. Not as hard hitting. It, it's it's a question of whether you want to engage. It's it's a, it's a play style difference there. Mm. It's a question of whether you want to engage the other army and then have something to come in and kind of move the combats along, which is what the Vargas are capable of doing at their, you know, strength 5-4 attack, you know, profile. Or you have the Crypt Horrors, which a toughness 5 would regen or much more resilient, but then your entire army becomes filled with anvils and you really have nothing that, you know, cleans up. So Right. Yeah, that's my concern, all anvils and no hammers. Yep. So you need a hammer unit, and I think that the Terrorgeists are not really a hammer unit. No. Because if you get it, if you get it locked up in combat, you know it's not going to do what you want. It only has four attacks, so that's my thinking. There is the Vargas might be a good fit, but again, you would have to be patient. You would have to engage them after you have your combats locked down. Yeah, and, I, and you can hold them back. If and if you wind up not needing them as badly, you can then use them for uh, you know grabbing you know. Um, Terrain points. Grabbing terrain yeah. points and stuff like that. that. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. So I was actually, I looked at Chris, I'm like, Vargolf. I'm, I thought you were going to say a Vargolf. And Chris like, no, he's going to say Terror Geist. So he, or, uh, Vargeist. Vargeist. So Chris called that one. Uh, no Vargolf? Uh, I like the Vargolf. The, the great thing about it is that it has the full regen as opposed to the six plus thing that the Terror Geist has. Right. And it also has really good movement for a non-flying monster. And it's it's pretty it's pretty tough in combat against certain matchups. Those are the positives of it. The negative of it is is it's only fifty points less. So you're only saving yourself fifty points by going with it. Right. It's nowhere near as frightening. It's not going to draw nearly as much attention. And again, because it's movement eight, it's a vampire, so it can always march. It's going to quickly outpace the rest of your army. You have to be very cautious about how you utilize it to make sure it doesn't get isolated and removed. Now, it is a monster, so it gets Thunder Stomp, too, even though it's a little tiny-based thing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, nice. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I, Well, if I can get those Vargas painted in time. Well, you got about a month. Yeah, I mean, I got... It's a little not less that, than a month. It's not that I don't have the time. It's that once I, I still don't have, a, I don't have a, an idea for them. Hell, it took me a week to get the scheme down for those Graveguards, so... Well, I, yeah, I, you I got to get them done. Paint it right; it'll last you for yeah. You know, I just got to come up with it. Oh, well, Alex, thanks for that advice because that was the biggest trouble I was having in this list. Is every time I put that terror guys down, it never lasts in the game. It just gets pummeled. Uh, Skaven took it out right away. Dwarves took it out right away. Uh, the only person who didn't take it out right away was the uh, game against Ed Carpenter, and that's because he didn't have any shooting. Well, he didn't have any shooting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He had no shooting whatsoever. And I didn't even get a chance to really bring it up because we got involved in the one combat and I took out the, the banner and that was the game. That's actually something that I see a lot. There are certain units that for certain armies appear to be a must-include no matter what. And very frequently I see builds that just don't synergize with those kind of units, even though people assume they're no-brainers. I see it with Hydras a lot, with Dark Elves. They just take them. It doesn't matter whether it works for the army or not. Uh, terror guys are something that seems to be the case with Vampires. Regardless of the army build, there's the Terror guys. There, it's, it's not enough for a unit to be perceived as 
you know, optimized in terms of point cost versus what it delivers, it also has to work with the rest of your army. And if it doesn't, then, you know, again, it's not nearly as useful as it could be. So you either build an army to make those units functional within that army, or quite honestly, in some cases, you're better off just leaving them at home if they don't work with what you're trying to do. That's that's funny because uh, Alex ingrained that in my head after many, many years. You know, I was big on, oh, a unit of five dragon princes, they're going to charge in, it's going to be glorious. But that unit never did anything. You know, it was always just taken right off the table, and it took me a long time to come to grips with that because I love my dragon princes. Yeah. Although I've seen you take it a few times now in 8th edition, especially because they got the flaming. Uh, they serve a little bit of a different role, though. Yeah. Uh, Same kind of thing, though. Perfect example of that with Chris in that the rest of his entire army was all basically infantry blocks. So you had a, you know, a unit of sword masters, a unit of white lions, you know, a couple of blocks of spears, usually some archers in there for the core, and there comes the dragon prince. Right. You know, and I'd be looking at it going, where is that unit going? <laughs> well, my, my idea was, oh, I, I'll hold something up, you know, white lions will be stubborn, and I can flank, and, you know, oh, then I'll win. Right. Uh, yeah. And I, 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 I'm, I'm gone to get a cup of coffee or something because obviously I don't see any of that, you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, well, you know, it, it did finally dawn on me, and uh, I, I made that adjustment. So, yeah, I think, yeah, maybe I'm going to have to drop that from my list. I mean, it's a fun unit, and I really wanted to, you know, it was my centerpiece model with the with the torn up sure. torn but, up horse on it and stuff like that. But for what it's worth, uh-huh. to be in that position where you're so close with your list, you know, about 80, 90%, you just need that one unit, that to me is fun to figure out what is the right combination that fits your play style. Yeah, That's and I'm, I'm getting close. I mean, seriously, after all, I mean, how many months have I been playing with the Black Knights and finally said, well, I'm going to try the Graveguard again because they used to work really well for me, but it's like nobody takes them. And I guess I just was, you know. So that's not a hard unit to get the points from. How many is it? 38? Uh, yeah, 38. Yeah, that's uh, toughness four with a four up armor? Yep. Strength, well, no, five up because they have up? heavy armor and great weapons. Oh, okay. okay. So, yeah, it's uh, five up armor uh, plus one to hit. Regrowing them, yeah. However fast you can regrow them as best as I can. So you got and you got a level two vampire in there, right. vampire hero, just chopping up stuff. So interesting. All right. Um, anything else we need to cover? Anything else uh, that you want to offer up, Alex? Um, no. I mean, if if um, if we covered the primer there, and um, I think that's that's about it. All right. Well, um, you know what? Look, we're going to take a little break, and we'll come back and wrap up the show. Hey, Dave, I'm looking for a place to play some Warhammer. Family games, board games? You mean unmatched awards and adventure? Sure. A place with collectible and trading card games, RPGs, unusual gifts? You mean unparalleled offerings and fun? Okay. And it'd be great if they had books, candles, and collectibles, too. Particular presents and playtime? You're looking for unique gifts and games! Okay, but... uh, Located in historic downtown Grays Lake, Illinois... 
UGG caters to gamers of all types. Okay, but miniature games, board games, card games, yeah. Doctor Who, all right, but things supernatural. I understand. It's all here. Okay, but with listen. frequently scheduled events, open gaming, a clean and friendly atmosphere. Okay, stop by UGG or or, or visit them yeah. online at uniquegg.com. You could have just told me about unique gifts and games. Individualized endowments and festivities, essential awards and diversions, one-of-a-kind presents and happy fun time. All right, that's enough. Welcome back to the Garage U Tools. Here we are with David Whitech. That's me. Chris Yu, that's me. And Alex Nikotenko. That's me. <laughs> so, um, all right, folks, uh, this is another episode. Episode 69 is in the can. We're going to have this out. Uh, so our next episode will be right before Adepticon. Uh, Alex, thanks again for coming on and talking uh, some list prep and how you would... Uh, talking some hammer. Yeah, talking some hammer. Appreciate having me on. Thank you, guys. Uh, and uh, folks, other than that, I'm really not even certain what we're going to be doing. We're, we're we're so hardcore prepping for Adepticon. I got no idea what's coming up on the list or what's coming up on the topics. We'll, we'll right figure now. something out. We'll get something going. Um, but between now and then, please feel free. Uh, we would love some iTunes reviews. Uh, join us on our forums on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. But uh, more more important than anything is uh, join the come to GarageHammer.net and join the forums. Join, join the community. Yeah, join Show us what you've painted. And, be a tool. Uh, tell yeah. us the games you've played. Yeah, join the painting competition because I've been having a lot of fun looking at, looking at all the people's ideas. We've got a lot of great stuff going there. Absolutely. So, um, you know, come on in and, and be a part of the community. Uh, once again, uh, Alex, I can't say thank you enough times. Thanks for coming on. And uh, hopefully right after Adepticon, if you've got time, we'll come on again, talk about how we all did. For better or worse. Yeah, and uh, then maybe do a little bit of uh, list analysis. Alrighty, sounds like a plan. Sure, that'll be fun. Excellent. Okay, folks. So uh, until uh, until uh, April and episode seventy, uh, have a good couple of weeks, you tools. Take care, guys. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at garagehammer.net. And you can reach both of us through garagehammer at live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website or leave us a positive review on itunes until next time thanks for listening (laughs) (laughs) so did hey chris did did, so you guys did the five best chariot things we did yeah was number one the gorby's chariot the gorby mine was number two that was my number two, but the Gore Beast. The, the Warriors. No, no, mine, mine actually, that didn't make my t- my, my list. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs>